Hello and welcome to episode 69 of the Don't Lose Your Head podcast. The fateful number uh, will not be about just... It won't. Oh, shit. I prepared for the wrong things. Sadly not. Yep. Me and Morty decided that today we're going to talk about about the specialist games. Yes. Special. uh, We're also going to have Brendan on uh, later and talk about uh, Apocalypse. Which I guess is one sort of special game in the game yeah right yeah yeah it's all uh, about the, it's a, this is like a, a special about games that are specialist games <laughs> especially especially for you <laughs> yeah uh so yeah we're gonna talk about like all the, the specialist games now and uh mm-hmm. how the, the scene has been bombarded with new games yes in the last Uh-oh. few years i guess Mm-hmm. And how many should you dip your toes in? Uh, I know that you have your tentacles extended into quite a few different games at the moment. And uh, there's, well, if you count Apocalypse, and then there's another game that you're starting to try out. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's a lot happening. <laughs> yeah. So, but uh, before we jump into that, though, should we talk yes. about what we've been doing so we don't get totally yes. derailed? First thing, Forge World has dropped the Demons of the Ruin Storm. And I'm like, wait, are these not out yet? Didn't we see them like a few years ago? Or I can't remember. <laughs> uh, I was like, I was surprised when I saw them at Forge World because I, I really thought that they were out already. Well, the, the, the Brutes? Yes, yes. Oh. But now they are oh, officially yeah, I, thought they were, I thought they were out. <laughs> yeah, apparently not. But uh, they're still very cool. Uh, very cool look, oh. looking models. Uh, so something new for you guys uh, and also like Games Workshop main is releasing so much stuff I, I, I don't understand it's like oh god you know have you seen like their new undead army the bones made out of bones and oh, yeah. like samurai I don't like them I like parts of them but um, I mean they're it's very still like yeah Definitely, and there were some like uh, uh, that were standing with two pairs of arms, and I was just like, "Oh, it's Tyranid warriors." <laughs> they just looked exactly like that. Yeah. But then, um, and they have sort of a samurai look, but they're also somehow a bit like the Tomb Kings used to be. Is this like the new version of them? And I mean, I understand that this is their new universe, and it's time to you know make new trademark things. Like, uh, uh, but they do have some cool things, like the catapult. I think is kind of cool. And, they they, uh, they, they kind of remind me of like the Pirates of the Caribbean, the second one, with those uh, like oh. aquatically enhanced yeah, da- uh, pirates. Davy Jones crew, sort of. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. I guess because just stuff stuck onto stuff. I don't know. But there's there's one like big brute thing. Looks like a big monster that is just walking around picking up uh, skeleton parts with little freaky hands. I, yeah. I like that one. It's kind of cool. <laughs> But yeah, it's it's woo, it's you well you can't compare that. It, it's not like oh, but these these are not tomb kings. These are not vampire vampire counts. These won't work with that armor, which is sad. I don't but, know. They're very like just uniconic. Like there's nothing on them that making me go like, oh, that theme is so cool. I'm like, what the f- what the fuck is this theme? Like there's I can't put my finger on anything. It's just 
But maybe they're trying to yeah, get away from the like, oh, tomb kings are Egyptian. And, and yeah. then that is easy in one way because it's easy for us to relate like, oh, okay, these are white scars are Mongols in space. Good. Okay. I have something to reference. And now it's more like a, let's make something new up. That's not, you know, not a stereotype of anything. But then in a way it also loses uh, sort of like, <laughs> what, what is it? I don't understand. Um, but yeah, they, they are releasing a lot of crazy stuff. Anyway. Um, and you, yeah. mm, should we get into your, one of your things that you've been working on already? Or do you want to save that? Or is uh, that your, mainly your, your work in progress? Yeah, it's kind of abandoned everything and got honest. So yeah, I've been I've been painting airplanes. <gasps> it's aeronautica, nautica, naughty naughty airplanes. Yeah, it's so weird. Like they they announced it and then like, oh yeah, here's a new game. You can pre-order it uh, next week and then we'll be out in two weeks. I'm like what the fuck? What is this? <laughs> Where did uh, this come from? Yeah, so they 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 relaunched the uh, aeronautica imperialis, which was like a, a four-fold game mm-hmm. that. Uh, uh, I never played, and mm. it felt like it was not out for very long, and then it was just kind of like really in the background of what Fortune was doing. Yeah, because back then that was before uh, they launched it. Like I don't even know when they launched it, but it's like uh, when when they just started making uh, uh, like uh, campaign books, like the Taros Taros campaign book. Oh, was it part of one of those books? Do you think? Like they I had, think oh, I think there was actually the like a mission in in the back of it because they used to have like uh, missions for uh, Battlefield Gothic and stuff in those books, and there was like one of them that had a Aeronautica mission in them as well. Oh. I think that was the Tower's campaign. So they I remember really... they had all the cool terrain and stuff on the yeah, on the yeah, yeah. Side. and then they had like Tau and stuff uh, on yeah. Forge World. Yeah. Uh, but it just felt like it was kind of inaccessible in a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now, like Games Workshop uh, Prime has re-released this game, and uh, it's awesome. Like, sort <laughs> so, so of always come out, and I'm like, holy shit, this is awesome! Because mm-hmm. uh, I always wanted like a, a Thunderbolt, and I love Second World War bombers. So, oh yeah, so this is perfect. And then uh, also, it seems like a, such a good just like game out of the box game. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Which is not very common because it's always like oh yeah here's the starter box to this game but you also need yeah like it is a game but it doesn't really fill all the functions of what this game is about yeah or it's like the um, battle of cal the box set so it's like obviously oh it's obviously if you're going to use it for 30k but if you want there's also some kind of crappy game in there that no one plays or something like that but this is this is really a, a standalone yeah. Game in a way. Yeah. So, so in this box, you get like uh, five orc planes, four imperial planes, okay. and you get the uh, the rules for all of the the planes that are also the rules for the actual game. It's not just mm. like a bullshit game on the side. And you get like a a playing mat as well, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, just everything you need. And it's a pretty simple game, like the the basic mechanics. Yeah. It's just like. Uh, and it's hex-based, which is a new thing as well from the old game. Because in the old game, it was just a free free movement game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you had like these movement cards that were pretty hard to use, apparently. So now it's a hex game. So the, the playing mat is 
but you don't have any terrain anymore, mm-hmm. uh, which is a bit sad in one way, but it's really nice in another way that you yeah. don't really need terrain to play this game. No, it makes sense. Like, <laughs> yeah, so it's like a mix between a, a board game and a miniature game, kind of. Yeah. And it's pretty like simple to pick up. Like You have uh, your gun profiles and the costs and shit, and it's not really a big variation between the the planes that you can put on them. It's just like this plane, and then if you want a couple of upgrades, and if you want to mount weapons on the wings. Oh yeah, and and are the the little movement trays or like the or the bases that you get for the planes are they then tied into like that it says you know this plane has speed three does it say that on that or something and then it you no know, you, I, you change the speed on the the base uh, oh wait it's something like a little uh, yeah you have a little yeah. dial thing right yeah yeah exactly so oh. you, you change it and then the, the different planes have like different uh, acceleration values like you can accelerate and decelerate. By two steps oh. or one steps, depending on the plane. Okay. And then they have like different numbers uh, that you can do. There's like uh, eight or nine maneuvers, I think. And mm-hmm. then it says on the plane like how maneuverable they are. So it says like one till four, or one till six. And oh, you can do okay. those maneuvers on the field. Yeah. And then you have like max speed and minimum speed and max altitude, stuff oh. like that. Wait, well, how does altitude work then if it's like a flat board? Yeah, so you change it on the dial, and then uh, uh, you can shoot planes on the same altitude, mm-hmm. and you always hit on fives. Mm-hmm. But, or if they're one altitude above or below you, you can still mm-hmm. shoot them, but they're at minus one to hit, so they hit them on six. Oh, okay. And if they're if there's the two altitude difference, then you can't shoot them at all. Oh. How many so, different levels of altitude do you have? Uh, five. And, okay. and also zero, which is the ground. <laughs> oh, not good. Uh, but um, so could you occupy the same hex then with, with several planes? No, no, you just move on. If you end your movement on another plane, you just move on. Okay, so that's just because it's, yeah, it <laughs> makes it simpler. The game, yeah, sort of, yeah okay. it was really, it's really cool with the, the oh. altitude. You, you really use the altitude to try and evade planes and... Uh, catch them and stuff and then depending on your speed you can uh, go up or down two steps and also mm-hmm. when you go up you lower your speed by one and if you go down you increase your speed by one mm-hmm. so you have to uh, accelerate or uh, slow down when you're doing these kind of maneuvers yeah i kind of like the that's kind of impressive to take you know a, a two-dimensional game and, and still have the feeling of uh, that's three-dimensional yeah uh, I just had an idea like, oh, but how would you how would you make this even more immersive? What if you had like the flight stand was like this uh yeah, telescope? Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Wouldn't that be awesome <laughs> that you could actually put them on different levels? Like, oh look at that, it's up there. Oh god damn it. Oh, something to think about. Maybe yeah. you can release it and sell it expensive. Yeah, cool. uh, also uh, like the the flight stands are really cool. So yeah, they have this ball mount so you can pivot oh. your plane around. So it's not just one pose that you lose. Yeah. You can always change it around. So, like Oh, now it's diving, and then you just like uh, tilt your plane down a bit, so oh, it looks like okay. it's oh, That's cool. Um, yeah. And, and, and also, this game is like uh, it's a three by three mat, and it's mm-hmm. just like a, a flat playing field, so it's really easy to set up. Like, set this board down, and then put the like three orc planes and two imperial planes down, mm-hmm. and it's a complete game. Like, just with these few models, because like pretty easy mechanics, but it's really complicated to like. The game itself, like doing these maneuvers and figuring out like which maneuver to do, because yeah. uh, 
uh, you start the, the round by putting down like which kind of maneuver you will do, like level flight or sharp turn and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And then you roll initiative, so you start, and then you activate one plane at a time, mm -hmm. uh, and then you flip the 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 number of the uh, maneuver you're doing, and then you move oh. your plane, and then the opposing player does the same, and then you kind of try and catch the enemy planes. Okay, so then you you have already decided what you're yeah. gonna do, so you can't change that. So, yeah, okay. And yeah. Uh, it's really easy to set up. Like uh, one of the reasons I got it as well was uh, yeah. because me and my girlfriend wanted like a a two player board game, mm -hmm. uh, and this is perfect. I got her playing it like really fast. Oh, that's how you finally get her to play a miniatures <laughs> game where you can. Yeah, it's sort exactly. of just like a board game. And then, uh, <laughs> and this Titanicus thing is sort of also like it's just a bit more advanced. <laughs> and then, uh, like a friend of mine came over, and yeah. uh, uh, he never played a miniature game before. Yeah. And I also got him to play because it's huh. really, just really easy to to explain. It. Like, yeah, you move this fast, and then you can change this around, and huh. it's, it's awesome. Yeah, yeah I, I really like it. And then you have to tell us about your the color schemes you went for. Oh yeah, <laughs> so uh, the the thunderbolts, the imperials. I went mm -hmm. for a Swedish uh, color scheme. Yeah, uh, that the G J A thirty seven Vigan used. Yeah, in, like the seventies and eighties, like a green sort of like, camo. Yeah, it's and then nice. I put the the Swedish roundel the insignia. It's like yeah, uh, where did you get that though? What, what do you mean? The insignia. Or it, yeah. it looked like it looked like yeah, it was like an imperial uh, eagle there, but yeah, yeah. it also looked like it was on this blue and yellow circle thing that they would have actually. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it, I, I painted it. Oh, okay. <laughs> but, so well yeah, done. the Swedish insignia is like a, a round uh, blue mm -hmm. circle with a yellow outline, and then in the middle mm -hmm. you have three yellow Swedish crowns. And I, I thought used... I thought that was a transfer for sure. Thank you, thank you very much. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so yeah, it's the painted up and replaced the uh, 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 three crowns with uh, an imperial legal. Yeah, it fit in with the universe. <laughs> <laughs> it looks really cool. Uh, and then what about the orcs? Yeah, the orcs I painted like because uh, they look like Russian planes of it, like old <laughs> Russian oh, yeah. jets. So I, I guess painted it's them the, like the, uh, the front thing that right that it's sort of like yeah. a, like a hollow front sometimes or whatever you call it. Yeah, so so I painted like uh, like Russian MiG 15s, like the yeah. first Soviet jets, because <laughs> that's kind of what it is as well. Like you have these thunderbolts that are like mm. 80s jets, and mm -hmm. they're facing like 50s jets. Yeah, <laughs> but 50s jets have numbers. Yeah, so you, they do. You, it's, you it's really cool the game as well. Like uh, they're well balanced i think uh, uh -huh. the way that they work just the imperial ones are more robust and mm. got like better medium range weaponry mm. uh, and they can fly higher mm -hmm. while the orcs are just faster and they got a lot more firepower up close oh so but then uh, yeah. i guess the mission the mission is not just uh, to kill all planes then because why would you have bombers i guess you have also objectives to like you have, if the bombers reach this area and, and Live to live the bombs, I guess, right? Yeah. Or? So, so it's a bit like fucking uh, one uh, first day DLC thing that they release mm -hmm. like the the core box with orcs and imperials mm -hmm. and flame out and everything you need to play. But in that box, it's just like one mission, which is just 
kill the other side. And okay. then they release this Rin's World campaign book oh. uh, that have other missions with bombing stuff. Okay. So I haven't actually looked at the, the bombing stuff. Uh, but yeah, there are missions where you have to bomb targets and capture targets and stuff. Yeah, because I think, was there any terrain in the box also, like these ground emplacements? Or? Oh, that's also, you can, you can buy things. Are they like extra, uh, you know, yeah, they're not in the starting box, but they're extra that they've added. Yeah, yeah okay. ground assets. Yeah, but still though, I mean, compared to say Titanicus, which was also, didn't that have sort of like a simplified rule set in the game, in, this, in the box you could buy? Sort no, I like think a, it's in the rule book, like you had basic rules in the book, but you also had advanced rules in the book, so you did get all the rules. Okay, okay that's good at least. Yeah, but uh, like the the Grandmaster box was yeah. like 180 pounds, and mm -hmm. you got stuff that, and it was like classic, like you got stuff to play the game, but it doesn't really represent the game. Uh, yeah, you you want other titans more than yeah, than not the only game, knights. The game doesn't really work with just having two warlord titans standing and shooting each other. Yeah, and this game was really cheap, like Aeronautic Imperialis. It was mm -hmm. 44 pounds for this box. Yeah, and that's just like a a good price for a board game, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and then it seems like they actually balanced it better. That it's a good sort of starting. Yeah. Uh, but then I guess time wise, like this is or this is now going to work with the the eighth edition forty k timeline, I guess. Or what do you think? Uh, I mean, saying like so when the when the space wings if they enter the field. If if you think they will, I mean, don't you think they will have like, oh, this is the Primaris jet? Or something? I don't don't want to fucking think about it. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's like I think it's it's gonna be classic Games Workshop. I, I'm just playing this game now and just playing the most out of it before mm -hmm. they release fucking Eldar. Which is probably <laughs> gonna be some broken bullshit. Yeah, uh, like every fucking Games Workshop game. It's, but, it's yeah, fast as did... you put in uh, knife ears, it's ruined the whole thing. <laughs> but what did they used to have they used to have uh, chaos right wasn't that where they had those cool hell talents or whatever they were called yeah yes they used to have uh, Eldar uh, chaos and Tal dark Eldar as well right or I can't I don't know uh, yeah no idea to be honest mm. I used to remember Tal and Imperials to be honest yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, but still yeah very interesting to see what they will uh, uh, where this will go yeah, uh -huh. and it's just fucking nice painting model airplanes again. <laughs> like, yeah, where we all began, and now we <laughs> in the forty k universe. Yeah, and, and, and so, uh, go on. Go on. I was thinking like uh, when they release this, and I was thinking, oh, this is so awesome. And then I thought to myself, this is forty k and not thirty k that you like so much. And then I was just thinking that like I don't really mind the forty k universe. I just mm -hmm. mind the the game of forty k itself the most, mm -hmm. to be honest. Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. uh, there's just been so much bullshit about it, and it's just more of a like a a game compared to like a simulator of the universe. Yeah, this is like playing like an arcade battle in, in some like tank game, and playing like a mm -hmm. simulator game. Mm -hmm. uh, and just like there's a lot of stuff in 40k, like those like all these side games that they're doing that are pretty cool, mm -hmm. and they bring out a lot of cool stuff. And like I think about apocalypse, and that's pretty cool as well. I, yeah. But I'm imagining like big armies fighting each other with these rules. But as soon as I think of like 40k, the game, yeah. then I get turned off instantly. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, they have, they've definitely lost something. Uh, but I'm I'm just thinking like at least in the starter box, all of that could exist in 30k as well, right? Uh, yeah, they, I mean orcs, of course, and then the mm-hmm. imperial fleet hasn't changed for ten thousands of years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, I mean that's still that's still very nice. And also I know that this is something we've talked about that it's always you know 40k and 30k like flyers have always been seemed a bit hard to cram into that playstyle. They don't really. It's like, oh, here's this thing that comes in and does a lot of damage, and then it goes away, and it's either hard to deal with, or it's like, it's hard to balance flyers. Yeah, it's hard it's like, to... Oh, should, uh, should I bring this dedicated anti-air vehicle just in case there's a flyer? Or, uh, yeah, it's, it's hard to make them satisfying in yeah. this scale. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and, and then they had... Uh, I mean, and then they still had these really cool models, like the Thunderbolt, that you never see. I, yeah. I've ne- I don't think I've ever seen a Thunderbolt. Like, yeah, I, I always wanted it, but... Always, when I looked at the price of it, it just always yeah. felt like, well, I'm barely ever going to use it, or or yeah. it's just not going to be fun using it. Hmm. Uh, and so and you only see the Avenger Strike Fighter or whatever, the, the one with the Kraken penetrators. Um, yeah, lightning. Yeah, yeah, lightning. Yeah, and and maybe a siphon sometimes, but yeah. uh, Thunderbolt I, I, or the Marauder bombers and stuff like the, all those really cool ones. Yeah, uh, it's a bit sad. Yeah. I, I really hope they, they bring out the Siphon for this game. That would be cool. Like oh, yeah, Siphon. that would be definitely. And not some yeah. weird uh, Primaris fighter. Yeah. And also, like, uh, I've been thinking how to paint it up the orcs. I almost got like, more excited for the orcs now, actually, that I've <laughs> painted them up. And I, yeah. I'm thinking about the playstyle of them. It's, mm-hmm. It seems a lot of fun. Uh, and also, because like I've joined some uh, Facebook groups, and uh, especially. Uh, like everyone seems to be really hard hard on for the, the Imperials. Yeah. <laughs> because everyone's like, oh my god, I'm gonna do this RAF squadron paint scheme or oh, yeah. Yeah. whatever. Everyone wants to put like a real world uh, paint scheme on the Imperials. Mm-hmm. And uh, especially like the British people in the groups I joined. So it's thought it'd be good to, to do the orcs as well. To yeah. like, be able to play against more people, <laughs> uh, but if they would, um, uh, yeah, if you would get Tau or Eldar or something, what what are other paint schemes you could think about? Would you like a desert, desert camouflage scheme would be kind of cool, maybe? Uh, there are endless, endless amount of paints. Endless, yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Could do some really cool stuff for all the factions. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but have they already previewed or released any other orc uh, flyers or? That... Yeah, so yeah, they're 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 gonna release like a, a heavy bomber. Oh yeah, yeah. So they released. They have the the Daka jets that are mm-hmm. very small and fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have two structure points, and then they have the fighter bomber, uh, which is uh, a fighter and a bomber. It's got <laughs> three structure points, and it can take some more ordnance. It's got mm-hmm. like some rear mounted machine guns as well, mm-hmm. and then uh, they're bringing out the heavy bomber. Heavy bomber. And the Imperials have the Thunderbolt, which is also three structure points, and then they have the Marauder bomber and Marauder destroyer. Mm. What does the destroyer have? Uh, it's got six auto cannons in the nose, and uh, it can carry a bunch of uh, missiles on the wings, oh. and it's got an assault cannon. And the the tail, 
and a ah, helicopter so on top. So that is against other aircraft, sort of. It's more like a very heavy ground target. Okay. okay. Cool. Uh, use like uh, missile strikes, and then the the bombers drops bombs. Ah, yeah. Okay. I see. Uh, but gorgeous. The... I mean, also like, how how big are they? Are they sort of like a like they're a the space s- marine? They're the same scale as Titanicus, but le- like the Thunderbolt is uh, no, it's like longer than a space marine for sure. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to hold up my my fingers <laughs> and guess. <laughs> like I don't know. Whip out your dick! Come on. <laughs> <laughs> like eight centimeters longer than okay. Uh, three inches. Maybe. Because do you think they are bigger than they used to be in the old? Like I, I don't. Yes. I don't yeah, know. they are. They are bigger than old ones. They, they used to be really small, right, for the Forge World when they did it. Yeah. Yeah. These are bigger for sure. Huh. Okay. Well, that's, yeah. yeah, that's cool. You'll uh, yeah keep us up to date with uh, what happens with your fleet. Yeah, I think I'm gonna gonna actually uh, play some uh, next week. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, no, two weeks maybe. Uh, yeah. In the. Because there's this game club in London as well, uh, yeah. in the city, that they there are some 30k players there, I think, but just always felt like such a hassle to go there, like after work, it's like mm-hmm. get up at five or something, and then you go into the city and then take more than half an hour, and then like if I would bring my 30k stuff, like if it would, if I would bring my entire army, I would have to take the entire suitcase of tanks, and, like a big backpack full of uh, guys, and then go into the city after work and drive that thing along. And then like set up the game and play a game that would probably take like two hours or something. Mm. And then pack everything up and then go home again. Mm. It'd be fucking exhausting. But like this is just all right, I'll bring five tiny airplanes and then you mm. and a game out that's flat and like ten dice and that's it. <laughs> well, that's really nice. Huh. It was, yeah, yeah. It's just like a, a nice pocket game. And you can just bring yeah. it everywhere. It's gonna be interesting to see. Uh what you get up to uh meanwhile i've been i've been uh, building away on some uh, fantasy terrain and shit yeah i've seen uh, the, the board yeah yeah leon on instagram leon on instagram uh tiscan legends i think is his talents tiscan talents if you can spell tiscan then you might find it yeah yeah it's been it's been really fun because we've been um uh, we are a few people now at work. I think five people. I think now that's getting into fantasy, and then we just uh, uh, started helping out together to try to build, uh, yeah, a nice game board. Uh, Leon has been like the, the he was the the force that's got the boulder moving, and now it's sort of like spinning out of control. Um, <laughs> but uh, so we built the the game board first. It, it was basically like these MDF boards, and then glued on some uh, sort of maybe not poly, not polystyrene but you know some of these um, insulation i think it was uh, from mm-hmm. from a, like the hardware store uh, so it's basically sort of like like polystyrene but it's more it's finer so if you cut it you don't have these plastic bubbles i think that's polystyrene that's got the plastic bubbles frigolit för helvete frigolit va it's not frigolit it's more like uh, some better material uh, anyway so we used that to make these hills because it it was basically like a, the realm of battle right with the Hill in the middle, or well, the hill on this, so you can mod. It's modular. It's modular. It's like six yeah, it's pieces. like a, the the realm of battle. 
playing. Yes, too, right? yes. He wanted to replicate that. And then uh, we, so we covered it with uh, one of these, uh, you know, like a, just a grass mat that you could buy at the at the train model store. <laughs> uh, the, the, the dad store. Yeah, exactly. Oh, it was so fun to be in there. And we were suddenly the youngest with <laughs> all these like 50-year-old <laughs> men. Like, oh, you have this... Uh, in uh, yeah, in this scale. yeah, this in L N scale, yes, <laughs> H O scale maybe, and we're like, oh, this is next level. Uh, so we we cut out from this sort of like carpet then, uh, and cut out for the hills and stuff, and then um, the uh, the we made some slopes that we covered with static grass. Uh, that's so like so there was grass growing where you would have troops moving up, and then there were some more cliffs uh, that we used some bark and pebbles and, sh- and shit uh, and then we painted it all up together and it looked very nice and it was it got this very weird thing because um we're all biologists and we were doing it at work and we started we had these like little yellow flowers and stuff like hmm well no actually i guess this species prefers to live at a higher altitude so <laughs> so we, yeah we only put up the yellow flyer uh, flowers on on top of the hill yeah they can't grow down there and let's see uh i'm making some moss where would water naturally pool in this cliffside yeah here <laughs> such a fucking nerdy it's like oh, the legit yeah. the most realistic game board ever now it's uh... <laughs> I, I hope you uh you put some like uh... Uh, tiny, tiny model maggots somewhere. Worms. <laughs> yeah, we'll definitely try. I know that I was like, oh yeah, we can put some skulls in, like, because it's Warhammer. And Leon was like, no. So, Age of Sigmar, the entire board is just made of skulls. And I'm like, I'm going to sneak some skull in, skulls into some little crevices that he won't know about. But I'll know about, like, oh, like, there's a little skull there and a little skull there. <laughs> um, so that was the main board, and then after that, we've been wanting to, uh, yeah, get some terrain on there. Uh, so we've been working on some woods. Uh, my main Oscar with his wood elves, uh, because they get to place uh, a wood area when they start the game in their deployment. Uh, yeah. So he, he started making that, um, and uh, he, well, he's also making it out of like just getting from nature, like roots and stuff that looks, you know, it has a lot of branches. Sort of, uh, and he, I think he dipped it in some to- like silicone or something, so it's not as brittle and won't break as much. Uh, and I was going to paint it up and sort of like add all the foliage, and we'll, we'll see how it goes because they're a lot bigger than I guess the standard trees would be. Because uh, the trees for uh, Games Workshop are not that high if you think about it compared to the scale of some of the miniatures. So I don't know, he, yeah. he's making some bigger ones, uh, and then. Leon made some of these just like um, impossible trains so some cliffs. Looks very, uh, I think, Lord of the Rings, uh, Edoras, uh, you know, that sort mm, of feel yeah. like the Rohan. Um, they look really good. And it's so easy to make these things. It's like, oh, I just yeah. you make some rough shape and then you add some bark <laughs> and just a lot of texture. And then when, the, when you add the grass and all the little tufts in the end, it's just, oh, it's beautiful. Uh, because yeah. I mean, 30k and 40k train is so hard and uh, much yeah. harder. It's oh, I need to make yeah. this look in- industrial. <sighs> yeah, you need to have some like specific details to make it look right. Yeah, well, uh, like, everything is pretty organic in fantasy. Yeah, and it looks so pretty. Also, it's like oh, what a lovely hill. Um, you should try making some houses. I'm, I looked at this house. I had some oh. fucking painted it, but yeah. I just went to like a, a coffee shop and then used stole a bunch of those coffee stirrers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just used for planks. And then I took like a piece of carbon and just made a rough shape of a like a barn. And then you just put the 
the wooden sticks on the outside mm. and just cut them into different sizes. Like mm-hmm. uh, one part that's like seven and a half centimeters, one that's five centimeters, and then one that's two and a half. Mm-hmm. Just to make it all fit together around it. And then you just cover the whole thing with planks and it looks awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's so simple. It's really cool. I mean, you can cut out these, uh, like, um, uh, yeah, thatch the roof with a car, you know, cardboard. Yeah. Uh, so what, what do you call? <laughs> the, do you call? Just a card? Just the carton? <laughs> yeah, no, but like, the, on top the of tiles? the house? Yeah, the tiles, the <laughs> roof tiles. Thank you. I was like, uh, yeah, but, uh, in mine, like, uh, my girlfriend has this, like, sweater shaver thing you get rid of like uh, threads and shit that's sticking out from your sweaters oh. uh, so it kind of just like shaves that all of that off and it saves it in a little container on it uh-huh. so i just like took those shavings then i mix it with the wooden glue and just like put it on the roof so it looks like a like a moss roof kind of oh nice so you, yeah, you can just like put a bunch of random crap yeah. because like they're peasants building this shit. <laughs> yeah, it still looks good. Yeah, I think yeah. that that will definitely be a a hobby night further ahead to make a little village. I've been thinking about making some army terrain. Like I would make some palisades out of uh, toothpicks or something to make mm-hmm. it make it look like uh, this is the encampment of my army, and maybe buy some tents or something and a little campfire, or, uh, and maybe make some higher, make some. Um, uh, watchtowers or something. I think yeah, you, you can make the tents as well. I, think, I guess. I, yeah, I guess I should think about that. Just like uh, uh, take some uh, like felt or like uh, just a, some kind of cloth, like heavy cloth fabric, and just yeah. like dip it in wooden glue yeah, and water, and then uh-huh. just like put it on. Just make the, the the shape out of it from toothpicks and just hang it over. Uh-huh. That is actually a nice idea. I think. Mm-hmm. Just look in those old like how to make war games terrain from like mm-hmm. two thousand and one. Yeah, those books yeah, are full of this these kind of things. Hmm. Because I've been looking at. I know that Perry Miniatures sells some uh, uh, some tents, but that's actually a good idea. If I, then I could mass produce because you would like a, a lot of tents, maybe in rows or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. have them in the the backfield of the the battle. Just look yeah. awesome. Yeah, or play a mission where it's like an ambush that my camp is attacked and you have it in the center or something. Like, oh, shit. Yeah. What's happening? Scramble, scramble. Some skirmish games as well. Just uh, uh, really good skirmish rules in 6th edition. Just in the rulebook, FYI. Oh, Oh, okay. Uh, In 6th edition, you say. (laughs) But um, King of editions. Editions of kings. Yes. I'm not worthy yet. That's the problem. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, I also made uh, two little... uh, Pond slash uh, swamps, actually, uh, oh, nice. and and added some of these uh, re- yeah, realistic water effects to it, uh, which was really scary. It's always like, oh, let's just pour it, let's just pour it, uh, and I'm gonna see after yeah tomorrow when I come back after the weekend if it's uh, how it's uh, you know hardened and everything, if it's cracked or you know, ah. but it's just to try it out. Oh, uh, you did this at, at work as well. Yeah, yeah, that's the best thing. We have everything. We have everything at work. We have this abandoned office that we just stole, and we just crammed all these things into. And we just, you know, every now and then it's like, ah, I'm gonna have a short break, and I go in there and just look at these things. And what do you know? Then Legion is in there, like, oh, I'm just adding, you know, productivity is going going low. So, so, so how many are into this now? Uh, five people at work. That's awesome. It's spring, and then when other people will see our. Uh, beautiful board it's gonna be like oh look at that do, do other people know about 
this uh, it's getting out a bit more yeah, yeah so some people have come by like what, what the fuck are you doing here <laughs> is this some kind of fight club <laughs> mission <laughs> i don't understand uh but uh yeah we'll see and there's one guy who's been away who's um uh, really hyped about getting into his uh, dark elves uh, and he doesn't know about this we actually kept it a secret because we thought like let's just surprise him when he gets back <laughs> so we'll see this week we're just gonna like come into this room and then oh my god what the fuck <laughs> awesome <laughs> yeah it's gonna be nice uh so we'll see so you're gonna know. have to hmm? t- take some pictures uh yeah especially when you guys are playing Yes, yes. We're. I'm thinking about me and Oscar that we're gonna play again. Uh, I want to uh, next game against this uh, wood elves. Um, so I have uh, three knights that I'm working on finishing here. So I will have six knights, uh, and I have some more of the bodyguard for the paymaster to go. And when that's done, I'm actually I will be done. But we'll see. My awesome. birthday is coming up, and maybe I'll get something then. We don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I put a little, you know, wish list to Santa. Uh, sort of. Awesome. Yeah, and I, I booked my tickets to BSK as well. Oh, yeah! BSK! Yeah, booked the, the luggage so I can bring my suitcase full of tanks. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, so I'm bringing your, uh, your Birdman then as well. Yes. And you'll have something more to work on. It's also we should um, we should in a few episodes try to make a BSK pre episode right to get people hyped about it and also yeah pretty soon it's, it's, it's not that far away yeah I know and I'm also getting a bit stressed out because I need to finish up my ultra means for that I have to make a list I, we should talk about like ideas for our lists and stuff also It'd be cool yeah uh, and you of course are going to play Apocalypse at BSK Apocalypse yeah. for thirty k my god how will it yeah. work. Hopefully, if uh, people are up for it, I gotta yeah. uh, seduce some people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's gonna I be awesome. People with large armies that would love that thing. Uh, but yeah, um, so in the later part of this episode, for anyone listening, just... uh, me and Brennan will talk about the game that we had of Apocalypse. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully, get you hyped up. Yeah. But uh, before that, let's quickly talk about specialist games. Yeah, so like. When uh, Aeronautica Imperialis came out, and I got it, and then it got me thinking, like, holy shit, there there are so many games out right now. Yeah. Uh, so, and I thought also, like, I got a, a reminder on Instagram, like, oh, three years ago today, I posted this picture, uh, and then it was like when I completed my Iron Hands army for uh, oh, yeah. Scandus. Yeah. So it was like in, in record time. <laughs> uh, so. Uh, yeah, I was thinking like, oh shit, that was a long time ago. And then I thought back to to those glory days when we started out with 30k. Yeah. And back then, I mean, I guess that's at that point, 30k was the only other type of game, right? Besides yeah. the, the fantasy and the 40k part. Yeah, like they weren't even specialist games because that was not really a thing anymore. Yeah. Uh, so, like, you had AOS and then. Mm-hmm. You had 40k, and 40k was in 7th edition, so that was hmm. basically the same game with just a bunch of bullshit added to it as 30k. Yeah, I think and the I remember... detachments and things were starting to get in there, and it's like, huh. <laughs> yeah, it was getting a bit out of hand, I think. Mm. And like back then, it was like really easy to tell 40k players, like, oh yeah, this is like 40k, same rules, but it actually works. Like, oh, yeah. cool, cool dudes playing it. 
Yeah, and then I remember like uh, Shadow War Armageddon dropped, and like, oh, this is really cool, and it had like a campaign system, and, uh, and people were like, oh my god, this is like Necromunda, is Necromunda coming now? And like, I, I even asked like at the DM workshop when this came out, like, oh, this is really cool. You think they're really re-releasing Necromunda? And the guy so was like, no way, they're not releasing Necromunda. <laughs> And then they did release Necromunda, <laughs> and then they released Blood Bowl again. And yeah. like, uh, I remember uh, in my game club, people were still playing Blood Bowl, the old game, before oh. this came out. Yeah. And also people had started playing the Lord of the Rings game again. Like the, oh, yeah. the, Was that not supported at that time either? No. Oh. But they still uh, sold the miniatures, right? Yeah. 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 So the, like they had, there was the Hobbit then. Ah, oh, yeah, that started. It was, yeah. it was like the... The newer version of the the game, but it's still the same game, pretty much. Mm. And then they released the uh, Kill Team after that, I think. Yeah. Uh, and then like there were Lord of Rings, it's a new new game, kind of together with the Hobbit. So mm. I remember there was like a lot of room for a long time they were going to re-release this, and everyone knew it. Uh, and then Kill Team was launched like a smaller version of 40k, of course. As always, but uh, that's a that's a new thing. Uh, and uh, what else did it release? Like Blackstone was, Fortress. What, yeah, but was that before Necromunda still? Or no, Necromunda had come out. I think. Oh yeah, it was like one of the first ones, like Blood Bowl and Necromunda. Yeah. Uh, and then Blackstone Fortress, which I I I still don't really know what. Blackstone Fortresses. I see like people are still posting it, like, oh, this is a new thing called Blackstone Fortress, or oh, what is it like Blackstone a Warhammer Quest thing? Is it? Is it? It seems yeah, like, like sort a, of an RPG. Yeah, like an adventure board game kind of. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. They used to have that. Was it called like Shade Spire? Wasn't that like the Warhammer yeah, Quest? Yeah. That's also like a little game. Yeah, like Silver Tower. Isn't that yeah, 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 that, that, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it's also like another like standalone game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, uh, the other uh, Warhammer Age of Sigmar Underworlds. Yeah, is that the is that sort of like a, the a fight game? Like you know, you have your gang and you have these cards or something, and you play on hexes or. Yeah, so I heard like it's a really nice balanced uh, that kind of game. Like balanced. <laughs> yeah, I heard it was like a really good game. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that very heavily, like heavily leaning on magic, and mm-hmm. yeah, you have your cards and you build build your deck kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's pretty cool. And then, uh, what other games do they have? They released the uh, Warcry now, mm-hmm. which, which is, is also sort of... like a skirmish game, but like on a free board compared to yeah. Hexes. You think it's a bit like Necromunda in fantasy setting, sort of, or? It's more like a, like Kill Team than uh, Oh yeah, that's true. That is true. It's like a smaller version of the same game. But it's mm-hmm. kind of weird because Age of Sigmar is like a skirmish game already. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you can scale it as much as you want. Like before the K, they actually changed the scale to like between squads and uh, just individual guys. Mm. Uh, and then they released Apocalypse for 40k. So now they have like a, a trifecta of 40k. Like, oh yeah, what is 40k anymore? So you have like the small scale, the regular scale, and the big scale. Yeah. 
And like personally, I don't mind Kelty. It seems like a cool game. Also, mm-hmm. like pretty balanced, small scale. Just like you have these guys, and it's like a like a quick board game kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You can set up in a on a very small table. And then you have regular 4K, which is just cancer, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I actually like thought like like I really hate 40K and like it's been a long time since I actually seen 40K. Yeah. And I thought I'd educate myself and then I went to see like a battle report with Mini War Gaming. Oh, was, like, okay, yeah. The the new White Scars versus Tau. And holy shit, like I, I couldn't even watch all of it. It was so bad. <laughs> is it just too competitive or just yeah, it's just like weird, the whole the whole mindset about like this being like game. It's like watching League of Legends. It's not like oh, this is my force. It's seeming on this thing. It's just like uh, this is a really good unit because it has blah blah. blah. Yeah, it's like uh, this this guy playing tower had like a pretty chilly painted tower army, mm-hmm. and uh, he had like a bunch of uh, uh, small squads, and he's like, "This is my army." Uh, I have a detachment of three main squads of fire warriors, and they have a Mukulite each. And then I have another detachment of three main squads of fire warriors. It's just like min maxing with no shame. And yeah. like the different squads had uh, their bases painted in different colors to differentiate Aww. them. And then I just looked at the comments and it was like, uh, what is this guy even doing? He like he has no idea how to play this uh, this army, and like, oh, this is such a stupid mistake. He should have gone for that objective. And then one guy commented like, "Well, don't be so hard on me, guys. They're just trying to play a fun game. Like they're not playing the best way you can." <laughs> oh God! Oh, uh, it's come. It's come to this. Yeah. So like, still in like 40k. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> but like thinking of Kill Team is pretty cool and Apocalypse is really cool. Like just mm-hmm. really big armies, like the way I, I imagine 40k battles to be. And the way you build the armies is really cool. Mm-hmm. And it's just I mean, like a fun game. Yeah. I think also that uh, one thing with all these, like there's so many weird little games here and there. But one thing that they, re- that they have in common is that they still release really cool models, I think. Uh, that are usually be able, that you can usually use then in other, you know. I guess have the it's. I mean, it's still rare that they would release something for a game that that couldn't be used also in Age of Sigmar or 40k, right? Yeah, it's like uh, Necromunda has a bit of both. You have some gangs that are only for Necromunda, mm-hmm. and some like the Gene Sailor cult, and you can have Chaos cults. Yeah, they work for 40k. Yeah, um, which is pretty cool. And then, mm. like the Shadespire thing, uh, that's just straight off Age of Sigmar, I think. I think so too. But and, and Blackstone Fortress, I think they released rules for those things for forty k also. I mean, you could always convert, otherwise, just say like. Yeah, yeah. There's more like just characters, I think. Yeah, I and just then you have the. Mm-hmm. They have Warcry. I think it's like Necromunda that you have some. Guys that work for both things, and some guys that only work for the game. Yeah, uh, I definitely I love the Warcry models. I mean, some of them are so cool that you, I mean, to use them as cultists somehow would be really nice. Um, yeah, like I've been thinking about them as well, like, and I've been actually looking at them now, and I'm not some of the gangs turn on by them. 
It's just mm-hmm. like, I don't know. They're very, there's a lot going on with them. Mm-hmm. So like you get bombarded at first when you look at them, like, holy shit, so much, oh, so yeah. much on them. Like when yeah. you actually think of them, like are very, like they don't really have any character. Like they don't have any faces that tell any stories. They used to have a lot going on with them. Like they have bird things on them, or they have like massive Snakes. hammers and brass shit. Yeah. But like when you actually think of the character, like they don't have a lot. Oh, I mean, maybe, maybe, yeah. Just like a fucking um, modern movie full of special effects that like no, no soul. <laughs> they lost their soul. Yeah. Um, we, we didn't talk. We didn't mention Titanicus, right? That's mm. another. And everyone's favorite game, of course, Lost Patrol. <laughs> oh my How god! How could you totally forget about Lost, Lost Patrol? <laughs> it got lost. Oh my god! Oh wait, uh, Space Hulk. Yeah. So I just thought like, oh, Gene Stealers, and then I was ah, oh, Space Hulk. That's uh, worth mentioning. Uh, yeah, and uh, what's that ship ship game? They released Dreadfleet. Dreadfleet, yeah. But oh my God. The, do you think that's coming back out or like no. because I was I was that's wondering, also, like that's pretty, what uh, could be next? That was a pretty good board game actually. I played it a couple oh. of times actually uh, yeah. when it came out, and it's pretty nice. Uh, I feel like that was almost like discontinued when we started. I think in yeah. 2016. I think that was older. Yeah, but it's uh, like it's just a board game. It's not a, like a, a game. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like you don't really know if they're releasing games or board games with some of these things, mm-hmm. like Blackstone Fortress. I used to assume that that was like Red Fleet, but then they seem to yeah. support it with some other stuff. Yeah, and uh, Shade Spire seems like a kind of Magic the Gathering style game. So they yeah, definitely sh- should like get some more releases. But I don't. They could use release cards, I guess, because they used to use the Age of Sigmar models. Yeah, that's true. And uh, Necromunda, when I it, like I bought it when it was released. I got a Necromunda gang. Oh, you uh, did? Yeah. Yeah, but I barely used them. And then it's like, oh, yeah, I bought the book, the Gang War 1 or whatever. And yeah. then like a month later, like, oh, yeah, that's outdated. Everything is just outdated in yeah. that book. So you can't use it anymore. Like, holy fuck. Now it seems like they, they've released some good stuff for it. And it seems like a good game. Uh, but I don't know. I don't really know where to start with it. We have some. We still have some people playing in Gothenburg. I know, uh, but I, I, I personally just sort of crashed and burned. Like, oh, Necromunda's going to be the shit. And then I just, I didn't, I, I didn't have the time to just play it regularly with it, which I think I would have to. You know, it's it's meant to, yeah, be like that. Which is, yeah, uh, it's a shame. Yeah, uh, if yeah, if all your coworkers were hard for Necromunda, maybe that would. Yeah, work. yeah, that's the that's why fantasy is working so well for me now because I can do it like these little. Just, you know, over a coffee break or something. Yeah. Uh, but also but, in Necromunda, um, you need a lot of stuff for it. Yeah. It's like, you don't need a lot of models, but you need a lot of terrain. You need mm. a bunch of books and stuff. Mm. It's good and, if you have a, a local club or something. Yeah. Or like a roommate that plays Necromunda. Yeah. And uh, like Titanicus, when mm. they released it, like the, the Grandmaster box was like 180 pounds. Mm. And it's not really enough to play the game properly. Mm. And then still, like, getting into it now, when you're looking at like, you don't really know where to start. There's no uh, <laughs> good starter box, like, or how big is the game. No one really knows, because no one has really played it enough to, like, 
come to a consensus like what should you get when you start yeah and then so annoying with like the weapons like oh yeah i want this reaver and i want to have these weapons oh well, you have to buy this upgrade yeah like That's you cool. buy one reaver box and then you get some weapons and then you buy another reaver box and get some other weapons <laughs> but even if you buy two of them you can't really get enough weapons to load out this one reaver the way you want it hmm. and then like you buy these two reavers and then you need to have the data cards for them uh, and then you buy them in a pack of five. Uh-huh. So you'll have like three spare ones if you buy this pack that you need for your reavers. They're not included in the box, which I think is like the biggest draw. Like, why can't you just include these sheets in the box? That would be so handy. Yeah, that's a bit weird. Because you're and not going to use them for anything else. Yeah, and then you need to buy these the weapon cards as well to like show what weapons your titans have. Mm-hmm. So this is another thing. So like I, I was looking now and just like buying like a a warlord, two reavers, and two warhounds. I think that would be like a good force. Like that that would be an army, right? Mm-hmm. And then just buying that and like the rules pack you will need because then you will get some of these cards. And that would be like over 150 pounds or something. Yeah, yeah. They didn't. They just struggle to you know release things in a good way or maybe it's i don't know if it's intentional to get you to buy things i don't know it's just like a very high threshold to get into the game i think mm. with, with yeah. and that's yeah. the, like the thing i got so excited with aeronautica because like you buy this box mm. and you have like two small forces that actually work as a game together yeah that you can use set up and play and also uh you can play like I'm going to this club and playing, and I'll just bring the orc stuff, and that's yeah, enough. Will, you will have the board and everything, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's really easy to uh, to assemble them and paint them as well. Mm. And then I'm thinking like, oh, should I expand? Uh, so right now I have like a hundred points of orcs, mm. and if I want to expand, I can just buy one box for twenty pounds. That includes six fighters. Yeah, and with upgrades, I would bring them to two hundred fifty points. Which oh, shit. I don't know. Some people are saying that would be the standard size, mm-hmm. and that would be eleven airplanes. Oh, that's quite that's a lot of airplanes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that would be but like a, an entire army. But it's cheap and uh, not too hard to paint up and everything. So yeah, and also it includes everything you need because the rules are in the oh, robot. Yeah. That is, uh, yeah, <laughs> that's a, a real seller. Uh, yeah, you don't have to buy the fucking bases separately or anything. <laughs> That's come, gonna come out soon. Like, oh, you want the special orc bases though? <laughs> These orc glyphs on yeah. that. Woo! Yeah, they did release a lot of like add-on stuff. So you can buy the cards for the planes and you just have the, the cards instead of having to look in the rule book. Ah, oh, uh, well, I mean, and... that's always. Yeah, just fucking DLC shit. Yeah, I know, but you'll have to, if it's like an optional, like, oh, but it's make, it makes it. You know, more convenient. Let them I, let them do that. That's okay. They need to yeah. get their cash. As long as it's not pay to win. But I guess maybe the entire hobby is pay to win. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then to round off this segment, what do you think? What will they bring out next? Uh, Epic. Yeah, that's like the thing people are thinking, right? With Titanicus and Aeronautica, like yeah. they have the the models for it. So you just bring out like uh, a space marine game again with uh-huh. just a bunch of dudes and some land raiders, and then 
you'll have an epic game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Who knows? Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, probably like I don't think earlier than within four years or something. Mm. They could just keep on releasing things for those games separately, and then they'll just merge them sort of with the yeah with an epic game. I think it would be weird if they didn't actually, because it's it seems like a good opportunity. Yeah, and also it's like uh, with the release of uh, World of Warcraft Classic. Oh, yeah. They've shown shown that like, well, the, the Games Workshop has known this now. Like bringing out old shit works. Yeah, yeah. People want old games. I actually don't know what other old games. Uh, More time. Yeah, but I guess, do you yeah, think they would do well, that since they killed the old? No. It's like a no, I don't think they would do that. Hmm. Uh, what other games were there? G- Gorka Morka wasn't that something, or what is that? Yeah, yeah. Gorka Morka Inquisitor. Mm-hmm. It's another cool game. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, didn't you release that as a game though? Like Speed Freaks, wasn't that a game? Yeah, I think so because now with the new, all new orc uh, vehicles that came out, like a yeah, not not that long ago. Yeah, that was uh, like a game, and also like Games of Komora. It's also another mini game. Oh, Just... I think that was also released like, but really weirdly. I was like, oh, buy these jet bikes. Yeah, it's like, oh, this is good value for jet bikes. The same, like, uh, there was, like, a, another flyer game. Uh, oh, yeah. And a, a night game as well. Mm-hmm. And But they just really seem like, oh, this is 40k models mm-hmm. for a good price. And also, here's yeah. some bullshit rules. Yeah. Like, uh... But it seems like they're moving away from that now. And actually releasing full games in a box. Yeah, yeah. It's really, yeah. I don't know. But and then we also have the like we've been talking about. Oh, but is this is this a danger for the community that it's so diverse that people like oh suddenly you don't have people to play with because everyone is like oh, I'm playing this, I'm playing this, or you know, yeah. I, I, it's like, some it's of these games like, will definitely crash and burn. I think. Some yeah, it's, it's kind of going back to the way it was though, because like, mm-hmm. it used to be like a bunch of games spread out, and then they're like, you know, cut all. Cut out all this bullshit. Now we're focusing on fantasy and 40k, yeah. and then it's like one of these two games is better than the other game. So then they just like demolish fantasy. I mean, yeah, because they they can only release a certain amount of uh, figures and rules, right? And the more different games they have spread out, the you know it's going to take longer for each of those to get something for them. Which means that some groups will feel like, oh. We, which I can feel a bit like, why aren't we getting any 30k things? Because compared to a few years ago, we used to get a lot more. It, it feels like, at least. I think, uh, yeah, I think it has a lot to do with like uh, the push and the creative team to do that as well. Because like when Alan Black yeah. was around, he, I think, really pushed them to release new stuff. Mm. And now, without any real driving force, and you can't really put anything out, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but we'll see. It's... Um, it's fun with specialist games. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. Everyone plays 30k already has some 30k stuff and keep playing it. And like, I'm really excited just about playing 30k in Apocalypse. Yes, yes. Which we'll talk about after yeah. this musical break. Do it. Give us a music. Goddamn, what a segue. <laughs> Especially. 
welcome back. Now on board with us on the show, we've got Brendan. Hello, Brendan. Hello, how's it going? The Potato King arrives. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a callback, but nobody's going to get that unless you put the outtakes in. <laughs> uh, yeah, we are culturally sensitive as always on the show. Yep. <laughs> DTT, potatoes. So, uh, yeah, Brendan, if you didn't know, is part of the Sons of Heresy podcast. And, or am I? Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's been a long time since you guys uh, put out a show. It has. Yeah, we're definitely on, just as I am on sabbatical from real work at the moment, I think we are on sabbatical from recording the show. But I won't, uh, I won't give any false hopes, but we do occasionally when all three of us can be gathered in the same physical location, talk about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, there is hope. <laughs> Uh, and uh, also, you've been on the Eye of Horus for the the Mechanicum breakdown, right? Yeah, uh, I'll I, I'll occasionally uh, participate in Eye of Horus episodes, but the uh, the great works that were the <laughs> demystifying the Mechanicum trilogy is there for anybody who wants to learn the ways. It's legendary. Yeah. I've listened to them. It's like just oh, what are these units? What are these weapons? What are they talking about? I don't understand. Oh, so much. We need to uh, we need to have some kind of system where every maybe annually we'll have to do like an addendum thing so that we can bring it up to up to date on whatever new stuff has been released. Like there has there hasn't actually been that much of late apart from the the new armatures, right? But uh, you could talk yeah, about. It feels like Mechanicum hasn't got some love for for quite some time. Since you did that, though, there's been the. Uh... The haywire dudes and uh, the the flying slugs—they weren't included, were they? All of your favorite shit. Uh, <laughs> I hate those things. Like well, ruined ter- termites. Termites. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh. Uh, all the bad shit. <laughs> but you are an expert on many things, and today uh, you're on the show to talk about a new thing you might become an expert on: uh, Apocalypse Thirty K. Yes, I think my one game, my one game qualifies me as an expert within the community at this point. Well, yeah, I guess I mean there's not many people who have played uh, Apocalypse 30k. I would say you, you two guys are an exception. Uh, well, maybe... that's, that's it, right? As Gilliman would put it, we have the theoretical because we yeah. read the two or three pages of rules, and then we have the practical side because we actually yeah. put in the effort to play a real game. Indeed, yeah. indeed. Yeah, I, I wanted to play like. A couple of games to uh, have an opinion on this. Because, like, usually when you play a new game, the first game is like, what the fuck is going on? You just look at stats and then you roll some dice and, like, okay, so now this happened. Okay, so now that happened. Because, like, even if we've been using the same models for a long time, this is a brand new system. And, like, we had to look up shit all the time. Like, <laughs> what is a bolter? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, because it doesn't work the same way, I guess. Everything is a new way of thinking. Yeah, like without going too much into the actual rules. They're like, genuinely, there are, there are not that many rules. The book <laughs> is quite short, so anybody who's interested should definitely pick it up and read through. But it is, you're using the same tools that you'll be used to, but you've got new ones. Like, for example, it's not all D6s. 
Uh, and you're using the same models, but they're not necessarily going to work in the same way as you might be used to. But um, so so when you decided to prepare for this game, I know you well. So you have the rules that are made for 40k. Did you also use any like 30k conversion rules that you found online? Yeah. So when we we talked we talked about playing a game like several weeks ago, uh, mm-hmm. and then just by the time we were able to schedule it, uh, I was like, "Fuck it! I'll just I'll buy the the box." So it comes as kind of a box which includes rules cards dice all the different tokens and markers that you need to to play uh, so i picked that up and then within that you don't get any rules for units you just get the core like rules of the game system so one thing i guess to call out straight away because obviously this is not a 40k podcast <laughs> the rules within that box are not really in any way tied to the 40k setting. It's just oh. a rule set, right? This is just the mm-hmm. framework for how the, the game system works. Mm-hmm. So I was more than happy to to pick that up because that was the case. Now, a lot of the cards will be pretty... Like, we're never going to use the Tau Empire cards. <laughs> so <laughs> they can be thrown in the bin safely. But the Space Marine cards we can use for the Legions, the... I'm not even going to say the words, but Imperial Guard cards can be used <laughs> uh, to represent like militia or the game that we played. I just used it to represent like an, a, a fully fledged kind of Imperial Army unit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then there's Eldar and Orc cards. I'll be more than happy to play mm. Crusade era games against large Eldar and Orc armies using this rule set. Yeah. But the the things that tie it to being purely like 40k say would be the actual the unit cards which are kind of the equivalent of your codex or your army book like there is no there is no codex space marines apocalypse instead mm-hmm. you can buy a packet of data cards which gives you each card being the rules for like a single unit uh, or you can also just pick these up for free online and print them. So when we played our game, I used uh, mostly just Imperial Guard, um, like Games Workshop rules, but actually about maybe nearly half of my stuff was actually Forge World uh, models, be it the Serastus Knights or just Forge World Imperial Guard vehicles. Um, And the rules for Forge World units are not in those packets of cards that you can buy. But they are available for free online, so that was pretty cool. So we just had in my like living room, we had the game table behind us, and then on one side, uh, I've got like a gaming PC set up. But we just had the different cards for the units up on the screen, which wasn't too bad. Uh, but like, <laughs> I'm sure you'll agree, Nicholas, there was a little bit too much kind of flipping back and forth <laughs> between different fucking browser windows trying to find the right thing. Yeah, because uh, I was playing Space Marines. Space Marines have a very uh, standardized armory. It's like mm. I, I fire a last cannon a couple of times, and then everything has got a last cannon, so I know what it does. And mm. fire heavy bolt a couple of times, I have to look it up, and like, oh yeah, now I know what it does. But like, your army had a lot of different guns, and especially the knights who have all kinds <laughs> yeah. of different guns, and then the Lehman Russes all have different configurations, and then. The flyers uh, had different guns. It, it, yeah, it killed me that the rules for the 
turret guns on the Lehman Russ are not on the same, not on the data sheet. They're in like a separate place. So you have to, <sighs> even if you just want to use one tank, you got to flip back and forth between it, two different oh. things. <laughs> You'll have yeah, to make your I, cust custom cards or something. Well, that's that's a good idea. And that's that kind of, I guess, lead us into the set that you used, Nicholas, because you didn't use the Games Workshop Space Marine 40K cards for the most part, right? You actually used these fan-created like 30K Legions of Stardust cards. Yeah. So like when, uh, when I saw this was coming out, and I thought, oh, yeah, this would be awesome for 30K. So I, when looking at the... Uh, the the forum the the forgotten forum uh so like her heresy30k.invisone.com mm -hmm. uh, and someone had already like put up the the legion legionis list so i just took that oh. printed out because like a lot of things uh have been put out by fortral it's like uh, most of the fortral tanks like you can use in 40k so he's taking those straight off and a lot of the for 30k stuff is in 40k anyway, like the mm -hmm. land raiders and it's regular dudes. So, uh, yeah, I just printed that out and use it, and it worked pretty well. I was like, yeah, I thought it worked really well. There, there weren't any legion specific units, right? So there wasn't like Medusa and Immortals, for example. No, I just play those as regular breachers. So yeah. there's still opportunity for if Forge will decide that this is something they want to bring into kind of the 30k universe. Like all they need to do basically is sell us some cards or put them up on the internet for free with the Legion specific units. I mean, I guess they could put it in the next uh, black book or something. Wouldn't that yeah, be cool to just like oh, for sure, yeah. right? I would. That would be awesome if they just put in if put in you know like the. What are they called? Are they called legendary missions in the campaigns, for example? Oh, yeah, yeah. So think, yeah. what if some of those legendary missions, or if they additionally had like apocalypse missions as part of the campaign? Yeah. Yeah. But it would be very easy to would do, right? All, they're all yeah. online already, the all the Forge World units. So just add them as another another PDF. Hmm. But then but the, one how of the, many points and stuff did you decide on? And was that hard to to know like uh, how much is this? <laughs> It, yeah, so w what was the recommendation, Nicholas? Was it 150 points? We're not, we're not going to use the bad words either. Let's say points. Was 150 <laughs> points per person, was that kind of the guidance? Yeah, I think so. So we went for, was it like 250? Yeah, I think so. So how much stuff did 250 points get you it got you a super heavy tank company with three like fell blade chassis that's <laughs> yeah. pretty then crazy. two full predator squadrons right yeah of uh, three each yeah and then was it two uh, tactical squads or one large tactical squad and a large uh, missile support squad so this is like one large tactical squad of 20 uh, with a primus medicay and then the other attachment was uh, the Herald with a missile launcher squad and the Medusa Immortals. And, cool. and then I had an attachment of two land raiders with Terminators inside. Yeah, so that's quite a lot of stuff, right? And yeah. the, you mentioned detachments there, right? So maybe ex we'll explain that that's kind of how you put together your army, right? So there is, there are points. So I can't remember, you, you might remember how much, how many points was a, a glaive 32 so like 30, yeah yeah so <laughs> uh, yeah but then to compare that with um 
what was like an Imperial Guard infantry squad. It was like three points or some, yeah. something oh, shit. stupid like that. Okay. Uh, yeah. But so you do have to build to a points level, right? There, that that mechanic does exist. But mm-hmm. really, their your army is built around detachments, which are kind of like their own small like force organization charts. Yeah. But there seem it seems to be really really open, right? You could basically mm-hmm. take any almost any collection of models from like all of the iron hands models that you possess and then bunch them up into some kind of detachment to make them playable. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk about the types of detachments just at a high level? Yeah. So you, you have like core detachments that are like, you have a, a higher amount of minimum troops. So you have like one core of a minimum three troops and a, a minimum of like three heavy support and three fast attack. Stuff like that, and then you have like specialist attachments uh, that have a much lower requirement, and then you can take three specialist attachments for each core detachment, which is very liberal. Like, yeah, yeah. it's very easy to to fit as many of whichever detachment as you want. <laughs> yeah, I think isn't there also the concept of like an ad hoc detachment or something where it's literally just whatever the fuck you want. Oh. Yeah, they have one ad hoc detachment that you can put like anything that you couldn't fit into another attachment. In. Oh, okay, yeah. and but the detachments do gain some special rules, but they're really they were they didn't appear to be particularly significant when we played the game. Like yeah. I think the core infantry detachment gets uh, like objective secured. Yeah, that's like the only only bonus thing to any of them. I think. Yeah, oh. which but is I mean, pretty cool. Yeah. And I think, of course, a lot of people, when you hear detachments, you think about oh, the thing that destroyed uh, 40K, you know, with the <laughs> 7th edition and detachments. And they got there the specials. No, yeah, there uh, were no free rhinos. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I feel like uh, they actually make sense in, in this apocalypse setting. And it's more like, well, how an actual army would work. You would have, like, this is my mechanized detachment. This is my sort of infantry battalion or whatever. And they yeah, work. yeah, it's like. It's like the way that they are supposed to be, like a yeah. group groups of units hanging out together that fit together instead of just take some stuff and get bonuses, and then they can do whatever they want on the battlefield. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There is there's quite a harsh, um, quite a harsh penalty if you break your detachment up. Right, if you're out of command range of the whatever the lead entity in that detachment is, like the the penalties are quite severe. You can basically just be spontaneously destroyed to represent them basically like being out of comms and fucking off or whatever yeah Um, yeah it's yeah they just basically die right but it it seems really harsh but actually it kind of forces you to play the detachment in that really sensible logical way where they actually stick together oh yeah that's really cool you have your commander it's got a 12 inch uh, command bubble so everyone's got to be within that bubble it's not it's not like a unit currency either that like you can bridge unit together. So it just you have to be within twelve with that guy, and uh, if uh, you move him out, then uh, you have like one turn to move them back together. And if you okay. don't, the they just die. They just oh, fuck off. Shit. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So each detachment has a commander within it. If they're Basically, it seemed to be that if they are an infantry model, which mm-hmm. that has the was it what was the warlord the keyword or whatever? Yeah, warlord. I so think it, yeah, it's it's a bit complicated with that. I think, and 
just a bit weird. Did you have yeah, to? Yeah, like, it seems it seems very case. strange to us, right? It, to be honest, if you're playing 40k now, you you probably would be like, oh yeah, well, it has the keyword warlord, so it obviously <laughs> makes sense. But to us, we were just like, well, why does this guy get these bonuses when this other guy who's the commander doesn't get the bonuses? But yeah. in any case, the commanders they seem to be very like replaceable so no. if the commander is killed it basically doesn't make any difference just that the next guy in the chain of command just steps up and becomes the commander oh. yeah cool yeah like your characters like are just there to buff your detachment pretty much okay uh, yeah they, they allow you do, you, do you want to talk about characters actually for for a sec because that was one of the few things where i was like this is does not seem very good for characters <laughs> Yeah, so like your characters, uh, so your units are just like uh, an entity with a couple of wounds. Like your your marine squad's got mm-hmm. two wounds, mm-hmm. uh, and they're moving together in a very tight formation. And then you have your characters that are just walking around alone, and they mm-hmm. can't be attached to units or anything. They just okay. walk next to them. And then there's this rule, like if the character is not the closest target, it counts as him being in cover. So it's minus one to hit him. You can still hit him very easily and <laughs> yeah, kill him yeah. pretty easily as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It seems like, and I did. I think I did assassinate like your herald at one point, right? Because he, <laughs> he was he was in cover, but that didn't matter because he was already getting the benefits of being in cover because he wasn't the closest thing or whatever. But you yeah. just light him up with like three Lehman Rust tanks and <laughs> you just send him to hell. <laughs> but it does seem to go against the entire theme of Apocalypse. Like, and you feel like characters are embedded, or and that they wouldn't maybe have as much of an impact. Like, you, they can't go around and just like killing glaives on their own, I guess. Or, but c- can they do that now? Or they, the characters that we used did not seem to be particularly potent in their own right. But it would probably be better for the game <laughs> if they could just become part of a unit. Yeah. And then yeah. they're just they're just wiped out if that unit is destroyed. Hmm. So you're paying yeah. points for their whatever buffs they bring. Like the Herald hmm. was was actually really good, right? Yeah, and that's also it is fan made, so maybe it should be toned down a bit. But, but I think yeah, that would be a good really... way to bring the unique console types into Apocalypse. Hmm. Is because what do you do with them in any case, right? When you play an actual game of 30k. You don't, apart from maybe a Maratat, right? You don't send them off on their own to do like a solo hero mission. They're yeah. almost always part of a unit because their sole purpose in life is to make that unit better. Yeah. So maybe that's an opportunity for, I don't know, the 30k rules to just have the characters merge into the, the units. Hmm. Like an upgrade, more or less. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Hmm. But that was one of the few things where I just, it didn't, it, it seemed to, penalize the characters like to an unfair extent because they could eat the only the only um cost say to killing them is that it just means i'm not shooting at something else okay <laughs> yeah pretty much and uh characters if they're a warlord which they are if they're like a, a character uh, in a detachment i still have trouble wrapping my head, head around this but like they, they allow you to draw extra cards uh, okay. So you have you have like a deck of cards. I think it's like thirty cards uh, for each game. You get yeah. to build. Uh, we use picked random stuff, mm-hmm. uh, but you get do get to kind of customize your army a bit by picking the cards you want for your army. 
uh, and uh, each uh, warlord <laughs> allows you to draw an extra card each turn. Okay. So, yeah, these... yeah. So it is uh, one kind of benefit of killing the enemy warlords is that they will be drawing fewer cards, right? Okay. Yeah. So it's also a bit to be able to play as many cards as you have, right? There's no limitation on how many you can play. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. It's also a bit weird because it kind of uh, forces you to build several small infantry detachments just to get these guys. Because you only have one warlord per detachment, so you can't just put like one big infantry formation with lots of warlords. Uh, so only one is a warlord, so you just have to make several small ones. Yeah, that is true. I think the cards were not really too out of control anyway, though, right? A lot of them seem to be uh, very, like, mm, army-specific in that, say, like, it would be Cadian units only or Katachan units only yeah. or whatever, right? Or Ultramarines only. And then yeah. if you weren't if you weren't that type of, that flavor of whatever that army is, then you would just get some, like, really weak thing like oh reroll once to wound or something yeah I, I got so many like oh the pure fists are masters of defense you get this awesome mega bonus and if you're not an imperial fist reroll a die <laughs> you suck a dick <laughs> so i got like endless though like uh, imperial fists oh. space walls ultramarines and then all of them were just like reroll to wound Reroll cover seat. Yeah, I think if each individual, like if you had your own, all of the cards yourself, you'd be able to make 30 cards where you use the generic apocalypse ones mm -hmm. and then uh, a small kind of sprinkling of Space Marine ones that are either Iron Hands or generic Space Marine. So you wouldn't, in, in a normal game, a real game, say, you wouldn't get too many of those kind of dud cards. Yeah. Uh, I, I, did, also... um, I did buy the extra pack of cards that they sell. So you get a whole, you get like, you get tons of cards in the box. Oh. But then there's also like the first uh, expansion of cards that you can buy. So they have a whole DLC. Bunch. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it literally is an extra <laughs> piece of paid content released on day one. <laughs> uh, but we can have a look through those as well for other Space Marine ones that might make more sense. It seems like a lot of them are. A little bit on the more powerful side. I, I really like also that the psychic powers are those cards. So you yeah. draw your powers oh. from that deck. So there's no psychic phase and you don't take psychers in that sense. No, so you just get to cast like these cards from your psychers, I think. Oh, nice. Yeah, so there's a whole bunch of Imperial Guard ones where they were um, like Primera Psyker or whatever cards. So... You could only use those if you had one of those guys uh, in your yeah. army. Yeah. Um, but they tended to be pretty good. Uh, another cool function, I think, uh, the, the Damocles Rhino has this ability that you get to go through your uh, deck cards and search for an orbital bombardment. And then you oh. get to pick that. <laughs> so you can just fill your deck with those cards and <laughs> bombard it. Customize your deck, bro. <laughs> yeah it is an interesting thing that we we don't it is no part of 30k right is this concept mm -hmm. of deck building yeah but like at, at this level with just you know 30 cards to work with and you just kind of draw a couple and use a couple every turn it doesn't take over the game right it doesn't totally mm -hmm. overpower the game mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I, I was a bit against cards at first when I heard that there, there were going to be cards. Uh, because they're in 40k pretty much. And from what I remember <laughs> from 40k, like I just hated those objective cards. Uh, oh, so random. Like, in, run back to take objective three. Oh. Yeah, so I played in 5th edition. And then it was like, it's normal missions, like in 30k. And then came back to try a couple of games, like, like you said, oh, now hold this objective. Now go back. Now do a somersault. And now go <laughs> there. And now do this. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Mm. So I was gonna. Uh, I was afraid it's gonna be like that. But they yeah, really these, these are fortunately these are more like oh, an orbital lance strike or mm. something like that, right? They're abilities rather than crazy objectives. Mm. Yeah. Or they, uh, didn't, they didn't seem. None of them seem to have anything to do with victory points. No. Uh, How do you score victory points? Is it, is it still like you could hold objectives and stuff, or is it just killing each other? It it's, depends uh, on the mission, I guess. Yeah. So it is very similar to what you what we'd be used to in the sense that some some of the missions are objective based, and then some there are other whatever ways of gaining victory points in the non objective based missions. Um, there was slay the Warmaster, right? Was one of the things. So your chief, your kind of head honcho warlord, is called the Warmaster. Mm. Nice. <laughs> uh, yeah, we played an objective game, and then there was also the concept of uh, like kill points, but detachment kill points. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you get a, a point for killing like an entire detachment, which is harder than it sounds, right? Because you really have like if you're if the detachment is a whole bunch of terminators and land raiders, you're like ah, oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's the uh, one reason why one thing to kind of encourage you to build like larger detachments, I would say. Yeah, I I, I glossed over the missions and they they look really nice. Good. Yeah, we good we intentionally missions. played the most straightforward one, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Brenda, did you just have knights? Sorry, or did you have also? Some... No, so I brought. So I have a huge. Imperial Guard army because they uh, just like everybody else used to play 40k. <laughs> um, but so I took not just any of, Imperial Guards. Well, I have Elysian Dropshoopers as oh, my infantry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And because they have rules, I use them as actual Elysian Dropshoopers. Oh, they have um, rules in uh, Apocalypse? In, yeah, so the Forge World data sheets include Elysians. And uh, I think there's yeah. like a Death Core Krieg thing as well. Cool. But they, I think the only thing that's different about the Elysian drop troops is that they can deep strike, and deep strike yeah. in Apocalypse is like it's way bomb. better than it is in 30k. <laughs> so they were, yeah, you're able to just place them like basically wherever you want, and then they can oh, just nice. act as the, they have to be a certain distance away from the enemy, but then they can just do whatever they want. Hmm. Um, so that was that was cool. It just saved them from having to walk. Like across the field without transports to protect them under oh, the yeah. fire of fucking two fell blades and a glaive. <laughs> um, and then I used, I have like a whole tank company as well. So I used uh, eight Lehman Ross, I think. Oof. And then yeah. a whole bunch of aircraft too. So I've got, because for the Elysians, I've got um, Vendettas and Vulture, and I used a, a Lightning as well. So yeah. I had the whole, whole air wing. Damn. Uh, so I know that Nicholas has been really 
this is something he's been uh, dreaming about like oh i can finally you know fielding all all this in shit that i've built and you know like three super heavies and everything did, did you also feel like that brendan that this was like oh i've never been able to take all this or would you need to have an even bigger army for that too i don't know <laughs> um i thought that a lot of the i think the vehicles worked really well right so those those taking you know if you take eight lehman russ in a normal size game it's <laughs> you know unless you're playing against another armored breakthrough or tank company or something it's gonna it could be a very one-dimensional game uh, yeah. but vehicles in this work quite well and the, the way that the I guess to maybe flip it around a little bit, I didn't feel like the super heavy tank company was like super overpowered or oh, yeah. I just I couldn't deal with it or whatever. Mm. Um the way the way that the damage allocation works is is really cool because you have to commit your firepower mm -hmm. not knowing for for all your detachments say, not knowing whether you have killed the tank or not. Oh, even though yeah. you're going through each of your detachments like i go you go we swap and we do a detachment each yeah so i could fire i had like one lehman russ um squadron which was uh, i think it was like two vanquishers a battle tank and then a destroyer tank hunter um and they fired they poured everything they had into the one of the fell blades say or maybe mm -hmm. it was the glaive but you put you put down these blast markers to indicate that they have potentially taken damage, <laughs> like that they're under fire, right? So it, yeah. it had a whole bunch of these blast markers then allocated to it. Mm -hmm. But then I was like, okay, well, how much? And then maybe this is just our inexperience, right, with the the rule system. But how much more should I try to damage it? Yeah. Or, or should I move on to another target, right? Because I don't want to do too much overkill because it's a total waste of firepower. Yeah. Um, and then at the end of the turn, you do all the damage uh, allocations. So you work out whether this fire that you've put onto these targets has actually, you know, had the desired effect. Say. Hmm. Um, and it turns out, fucking glaze and fell blades <laughs> are just fucking super impossible to kill. Oh no. <laughs> Yeah, They're so durable. As our land raiders and terminators, we found out. Yeah. Okay, four plus save is yeah. <laughs> so good. So half those, so like half those blast markers, half that fire that I put onto them, the successful fire, like I've rolled to hit and I've rolled to damage, okay. and then they just ignore half of it. It's like having a an, everything having an invulnerable save. Okay, um, so... but you. But imagine if you didn't know the results of their saving throws until like all of your units had shot. Yeah, that, mm, that would be very hard to uh, to know what to do. Um, so I, I think it leads though to if you're if you're conservative, and I think maybe I was was too conservative. I was like doing a little bit of damage to everything. Mm. Whereas you, Nicholas, were more like, no, I'm going to send those fucking Lehman Rust tanks to hell. And then when they're definitely for sure gone to hell, I'll move on to the next target. Yeah. Uh, so the, the first turn, I think I spread out my fire yeah. and I was like, oh, nothing really died. And then next turn, I just went total overkill and just fired all the guns from a fell blade into like one Lehman Rust. And then it took like four big blasts or something. Yeah. It's dead now. <laughs> uh, but it's really cool with the saves because yeah, Brendan mentioned the blast. So you have like a small blast, and then if you get two small blasts on a target, you just put a big blast there. Mm -hmm. And 
for each small blast, you roll uh, a d12. Uh, and for each big blast, you roll uh, <laughs> a d6. So you got to be confused like, uh, when we're <laughs> playing. Uh, okay, so a big one. And he's like, do you, do you mean a big blast or a, a big dice? Because <laughs> oh, you roll... Yeah. You throw all the big dice for the small blast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the small dice for the big blast. <laughs> uh, but it's really a really cool system. Because uh, mm-hmm. Marines and Lehman Russes have a 6 plus 8. Uh, oh, shit. So they're predators. Yeah. So like, if they take a big blast, they're probably going to die. Mm. Uh, and then you have just uh, hit points for each unit as well. I think the Lehman Russes had two. I think so, yeah. And... Uh, so did Predators and Marine Squads as well, I think. And uh, uh, Fellblade only is, has four hit points. Okay. So uh, once it takes damage, it's going to die pretty fast. But a four-up mm. save just ignores half of all the big blasts. And <laughs> just getting big blasts on a target t- still takes a lot of firepower. Yeah, because... Uh, oh, wait, but the weapons are like to wound infantry and tank. So if it has... If it's, if something is good at wounding a tank, it doesn't matter if it's a fellblade or a, a predator, right? No, that's okay. the same. Okay. And the only thing that matters later is, is the save and hit points. Yeah, okay. that dynamic though of having the anti personnel and like anti tank value for each weapon is mm-hmm. very very cool though. It, mm-hmm. Like when you're playing the game, you're like, ah, oh, yes, of course, intuitively, if I fire this last cannon at this squad of 10 guys, like it's not going to kill all 10 guys. So they, that yeah. unit's going to remain fucking combat effective. So instead, so, I'll shoot my last cannon at this tank, which obviously it's really good at killing. Yeah. And then it just seems like they, they have quite well mapped the profiles for the weapons that we might be used to from, say, 40k or 30k to mm-hmm. this new system, hmm. which is actually not a new system, right? Because it's not the games workshop not being particularly capable of uh new concepts they've just mined older games for cool <laughs> things that work probably yeah yeah i'm so glad also that the Fellblade accelerator cannon is actually good in the system <laughs> <laughs> yeah there were a lot of things that were really good like the Lehman Russ Vanquisher, for example, especially the command tank, which is better a better shot. Because mm-hmm. yeah. the Lehman Russ themselves have the ability to like basically fire twice if they move slowly. Mm-hmm. So you start putting on a lot of firepower onto enemy armor. Like it's, it's nice to see that the things actually are useful. Yeah. Punisher cannons on the vulture were <laughs> were very, very good. Just har- harrowed a fucking um, <laughs> squad of breachers and a uh, squad of Terminators off the earth. Yeah, it took out like the entire uh, 20 man Texas squad. Yeah. Came in. <laughs> <laughs> Endless machine gun fire. Yeah. So it was, it, was, it was really good, though, to see that, you know, that it, almost everything seems to have a purpose the, yeah. because of this way that the, the weapon uh, firepower is broken down. Uh, and the, the different kind of layers of durability. Mm-hmm. The only thing that I would say, if you were playing a mission that was really just like kill points or whatever, mm-hmm. all of your basic infantry would just 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 stay at home, guys, because <laughs> the like the, those ten man Imperial Guard squads just evaporated away oh, as soon as you looked at them with anything. Yeah. Um, 
And if you're playing an objective mission, I think it's totally different because the ours was progressive scoring too, right? So he scored at the end of each turn. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we had um, the table set up so that there were like a few large kind of clusters of terrain. Um, the way the terrain works is like excellent for this kind of scale of game. Do you want to talk about the um, the garrisoning stuff, Nicholas? Yeah. So uh, you have uh, buildings or ruins, and uh, they kind of work like uh, vehicles in 30k that you embark on them. And oh. then you just measure everything from the building itself. Oh, uh, nice. Okay. And then each building has like a, a transport capacity, kind of like mm-hmm. how many guys fit in this building in total. So yeah. let's say this huge room fits 50 guys. So you can put 50 guys in there. And mm-hmm. then when you put them inside, uh, they occupy like the entire building. So you can just put them anywhere, which is really cool. Like when, when I started occupying buildings, and then you put guys like in the windows and you just like. Oh, in, nice. in any way that these looks cool, yeah, and you don't have to worry about like yeah, two inch coherency or yeah. like, will they have enough move to go there? Where I have to like roll three hundred oh. dice and run with them every turn to yeah, get try, this guy try up to window. go up a level or something. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so that, that was really cool, and it worked really well. I think. Yeah, I think it's really good. The level of abstraction is perfect for the scale so you could play a way bigger game than what we played i think and it would it would actually work better the bigger your table is as well mm. so we'd love to for the next game we might try and do like a big doubles game maybe just use the same oh, size yeah. table even uh, that was a eight by four okay so yeah. we but if we did two two teams of two and each person still has 250 points worth of stuff that could be really cool that's going to be a lot of stuff. But don't you think uh, that the infantry might still have a place? I mean, if they're like three points, couldn't you just swarm then with like these tons of small squads that's like, ah, I can kill I can kill them easily, but there's so many of them and they're just holding objectives yeah, or something. Yeah, there's, there's another angle to it as well, I guess, whereas if you have to wipe out the whole detachment to get the victory points, then yeah. if the detachment is 100 guys, then there's, oh, yeah. there's like an investment required on yeah. the part of the enemy to, to just kill that many dudes. <laughs> yeah. um, and the way that the buildings and stuff work as well is you could just bunker those guys up right in a, a series of ruins and make them just a total fucking nightmare to, to clear out. Yeah, I, I think it would work well. <clears throat> and, uh, well they do if they're Terminators, like... Nicholas. <laughs> <laughs> or fucking guys with missile launchers. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> uh, like uh, in front of the guard, I think the, the, especially like the weapon teams would be really good. Uh, yeah, autocannons are tits in the system they're really good <laughs> yeah that's maybe that's a good point next time i might i have like in infinite autocannons and missile launchers and stuff right but um one thing i think what's worth noting is that like first serious terminators were fucking cool yeah terminators were really good <laughs> <laughs> So, so maybe, yeah, that's good because it feels like sometimes in uh, 30k they're just killed too easily and it's like well oh, it's this really cool unit it's like, but they're not hard to deal with anymore so I don't know yeah. redemption in, in Apocalypse yeah they basically did the majority of the killing on my knights right those Terminators yeah uh, so like the, the first thing with Terminators like uh, first of all uh, well uh, 
in the system is like a new 4K that each unit has their own move value, like in you mean the old, old games, old 40K. Just yeah. just to be clear, like second edition, right? <laughs> yeah. So uh, like Marines move six, and Terminators move five, which is cool. Just oh. makes them feel like they're just lumbering jackasses. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they have a four-up save. It's like the the glaive and the fell blade. Yeah. So that there's is... nothing that modifies the save, right? There's no armor piercing. There's no plus no. minus two or, or is no, set not, always not, nothing that we came across, unless mm-hmm. it's like hidden in the cards, maybe somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then, like, they had a, a pretty good uh, stats for damaging. I think they were like uh, infantry damage six plus, vehicle damage seven plus in close combat. Uh, so it's like 50-50 to do damage to a vehicle and they could just stand there forever not taking damage uh, mm-hmm. I did roll pretty well on my saves uh, Brennan didn't roll very well especially <laughs> at the end of the game yeah there was like was it? I think it was the third turn really where I shot everything and just like I was like yeah for sure they're, they're, those, fucking, those land raiders are going to die a glaive is gonna die. Once the glaive dies, it'll be easy to destroy the other fucking fell blade. And then we came to the damage resolution phase, and you're just like, ah, yes, literally everything in my entire army has saved. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so, you know, it's like any it's a, any any dice game, right? It's gonna have yeah. that. It can swing one way or another. And if you have that, was the, the, I think the key turn where I I really needed it to go well. Otherwise, I I could see that victory was gonna slip away from my grasp because yeah. of this progressive scoring. Like Nicholas had his units in the bunker down in the terrain, scoring the victory points. Oh, um, really hard I, to kill them. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't get to, to them, and I didn't have enough units of my own scoring victory points. So mm. unless I had like a really good round of just clearing out some of those objective scorers, I knew I knew it wasn't gonna wasn't gonna be a win, but. <laughs> Yeah, that was like uh, fucking endless last cannon fire and vanquisher cannons. And then because everything is basically an invulnerable save, you just roll your handful of dice at the end and you can just be totally robbed by like a bunch of successful saves. Yeah. <laughs> but all the more reason to take, all the more reason to like revive fucking Terminators and Land Raiders, right? Because they're yeah. so durable. Yeah. Um, and it fucking looks awesome. And also, it's really cool I could uh, put my Terminators in my Proteus Land Raiders because it doesn't really matter what kind of Land Raider they're in. Oh, yeah. All Land Raiders are basically the same stats. or Yeah, yeah. it's just you can add like, heavy bolters to uh, a Phobos because uh, like, in that scale, it doesn't really matter. And also, it fucking yeah. looks awesome with Terminators and Proteus Land Raiders. Yeah, do you think did it? Is this the way that it it actually visually seems more like thirty k should be in a way? I mean, having just tons of land raiders and <laughs> yeah, I think I mean, so. Fucking love yeah. this. Like, it's just putting down all those tanks and then knowing that we'll actually be able to play a game and not just roll dice to see who has the first turn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like. I'm jokingly. Being saying to people like, why, why would I bother playing a three thousand or three and a half thousand point game of like thirty k now when I can just play Apocalypse and they use the exact same models, right? Set yeah. up the exact same table, 
and just have a way better game because they've the the rule set is built it to work at this kind of level. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's, yeah. That, that's the future. The future is Zomortalis, Centurion, maybe like a little Centurion Plus kind of thing where you have like one tank or 500 mm-hmm. points of tanks or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then just, just no point in having Frontline. We'll just play Apocalypse instead. Hmm. Yeah, so yeah cool. I think the same way. And also, we've been talking forever about how just shittily made Super Heavies are in, in 30K and in 40K before that. That mm-hmm. they're just like, they don't have any rules. They just ignore all the rules. Mm. And then they always go bang. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, the, the one shot. Well, I guess you can't one shot them, but still they, yeah, they die quite easily. And, um, and I also loved in the system that uh, like, uh, nothing is classified as anything really. It's just vehicles or infantry. Mm. And then you have difference in, in stats. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, like movement. That's such a big thing that Predators move faster than Lehman Russes or Super Heavies. And you mm-hmm. don't have the classifications anymore of like vehicle, tank, vehicle, like tank, fast tank, or Super Heavy. Yeah. Uh, because first of all, like fast tank and tank doesn't really determine how fast you're going to move your tank around the battlefield. <laughs> it only matters how many weapons you'll be able to fire if you mm-hmm. move six inches or 12 inches. <laughs> Because that's like the the big thing with armored breakthrough. Like all your predators become fast, and mm. I don't move them. Still, I just get to <laughs> annihilate you more. Yeah, yeah, that's a bit yeah, mm. a bit sad. <laughs> Stationary, yeah. uh, and like uh, people have been trying to come up with how to to play with a lot of tanks. Like both me and Freddy. Uh, yeah did our own rules to, to be able to use tanks pretty much mm. because like you come to a point in, in 30k where just it's just so disappointing that it's, it's not fun to play or play against armored mm. breakthrough and but it looks cool like i fucking love the theme but it doesn't work mm. yeah and here it works perfectly like, mm. I, I loved it uh what about uh, the knights how did knights perform in this uh they i they were they are really good i think the they gain a lot of benefits from i can't remember what the uh there's a rule which is like titanic or gargantuan or something right but if you are is it it just all super heavies maybe nicholas or is it just knights where they're able to like move shoot and fight even though yeah. most most normal units can only do one of the the things, you can only shoot or fight. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's all surprise. So, but it makes a big difference for knights because they have they're powerful in both shooting and close combat. Yeah. Um, and so it makes sense that if they're tied into close combat, then these huge uh, bulking things like, oh no, this guy is holding my leg, I can't shoot. <laughs> Yeah, so like that came up as well, right? Where they were they were fighting the Terminators, but then I was like, no, nah, fucking, I'm gonna bail out of this combat and go and smash this Fellblade. Oh, so they could just yeah. choose to leave. Yeah, and yeah. also also they could shoot their weapons like when they were fighting the Terminators. He's like swinging one arm against the Terminators and then using his gun arm to shoot the Fellblade. Oh, okay, cool. 
and they're super fast as well. So I they, I think they were yeah. really good. They mm-hmm. actually were quite survivable too, right? They I think their save maybe wasn't as good as the fell blades, but they had more uh, more hull points. Yeah, I think they had a five plus save and six hull points. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And they had a four hull points. They had a really cool thing as well with the like your Seneschal guy uh, is like a double Warmaster. So if you have a the commander of your knight detachment gets like a basically what is a warlord trait always for free, even if he's not your warlord. And if he is your warlord, he gets like two traits, which turns out is really cool. (laughs) Yeah, I really liked them, especially that they were so fast. They they were like move twelve, so. When they were charging, they were just moving twenty-four inches. Were were they even more than twelve? Even. I think the Sarastas chassis were. Yeah, I can't remember what exactly it was, but yeah. on the first turn, I gave them like the order to was it advance or whatever, where they move. Basically, you you move double movements, right? Oh. So they were right in front of of your lines at the end of the first turn. <laughs> But I do think this is like it, it's kind of a it's kind of a downside because just the practicalities and, and logistics of of organizing mean that you you're not always going to be able to do this. But the bigger the play space you have for this game, the better it's going to be because it means that like maneuver is going to be way more important. If you play this on a big big table with one of the objectives missions. Like movement is going to be, it's going to be won or lost, right? On on movement, so transports for your troops are going to be important. Deep strike becomes really, really good. Uh, like I was able to. The reason we talked about the went off on a, a tangent about garrisoning is, I was able to deep strike my Elysian drop troopers down and immediately garrison like this collection of buildings where there was oh. an objective. So then it was going to be a real hassle to like dig them all out of those buildings. Yeah. 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 And also a cool thing with the, the garrison thing is that you can garrison intact buildings super easily. You just put them on the roof or next to it yeah. and like, yeah, these guys are in this building and it works super well. Because you, you don't need to know like, oh, are you standing in this window over here or over there? Doesn't really matter. Yeah, and I think that's like the way we set up the table was that there was a lot of like open lanes, say, between the the terrain, but then the terrain was like clustered into like a small group of ruins and a square or like a large intact building or whatever. So they were they were uh, things that made sense to garrison like all as one piece of of terrain, if that makes sense. So you're mm-hmm. 20 tactical marines would garrison like all of these little ruins in this kind of one foot by one foot square area. Yeah. Also, very cool. You get to set up the terrain like in a visually pleasing way and it will work. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Because that's the thing like I miss from Flames of War as well. Because then you have some buildings like in a row and it looks really nice. Looks like a small French village. And I know it works in the game, but in 40k and 30k, like kind of have to always set up the terrain in a way that will work as well. Hmm. So, uh, would you say like at least, uh, yeah, eight by four? No, wait, eight by six? Is it? We played on uh, eight by four, which was good, but mm-hmm. if you the bigger 
the better. If you could do if you do eight by six, I think that would be awesome for the points level that we played. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, up to like three hundred points maybe, and then maybe you want to expand. It's a problem with England as well, like London. Space is limited. Like if I was in, <laughs> in Sweden, I could go to like any game club and you set up endless amounts of tables next to each other. Yeah, we talked about maybe using uh, there's like a a large gaming store in West London called Dark Sphere, which is where we hosted our event previously. Yeah. I think I this, the, yeah. the way that their like tables and stuff are set up is like super linear right it'd be really hard to persuade them to arrange you the tables in a different way i think uh and like a super long thin table is probably not necessarily the best for this yeah it's uh very easy to move your models around as well i would say uh especially if you're using it's because of the movement movement trace. Trace. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the dreaded words so uh, I've I've got the uh, the thirty two mil ones and the forty mil ones I think on the way as well. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, because yeah. like the the problem is like when you have big tables that are not just very long, is that like if you got models in the middle, it's it's awful trying to move them like across yeah. the table. Yeah, just one by one. But now it's it's pretty simple. Gonna hang from the ceiling like uh, Mission Impossible style. <laughs> That's the, the future. Well, just because of the because of the movement trays, you just get those like sticks that they always had in kind of all timey generals uh, <laughs> yes, gatherings, you yes. know, where they're like just moving the things around yeah. on the map. That's all we need. <laughs> you just got all your dudes on a movement tray, and the other things are just tanks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The um, the movement trays, like jokes aside, for this game are perfect because. Yeah. There, it doesn't matter, right? It's just they, yeah. the the whole unit is one entity. There yeah. aren't really individual guys, so there's no need to have each individual guy being moved around separately. There's yeah. no there's no no templates, no blast markers, uh, and there is a unit coherency, but it's half an inch, I think, if I remember correctly. So each of your dudes has to be within half an inch of like the other dudes. Okay. So just use the use the movement trays. It just makes life a lot easier. And if you were playing a huge mega apocalypse game, I would almost say like fucking the movement trays are mandatory. Everyone yeah. must use them. Yeah. It just speeds things up so much. So are there some parts like some rules that make it important that you use the standardized movement trays uh, for coherency and stuff? Or uh, I'm just thinking like say if you were a person that only played apocalypse from now on, like I'm only going to do this. You could make these awesome like mini dioramas for like each like this is this squad and you could just have them standing in some really cool way. Yeah, you sure could, you could definitely do that, right? You could do it like fantasy where you actually have like the, yes. the yeah. unit mounted on a tray. Yeah. Uh, and you could have like you could have unit fillers and stuff too, right? It doesn't yeah. even need to be the, the five or ten guys. Yeah. Imagine the, the possibilities. Like the Morty and Iron Guard, you could just put them up in like uh, a firing line. Just yeah, them yeah, yeah. Do uh, uh, you could do that uh, fucking Iron Hands, Medusa, Immortals, like Testudo shield wall thing. Yeah, where oh. uh, the guys in the back have their shields up over their heads. That would be so yeah. good. Yeah, you yeah. could uh, <laughs> you could go uh, old school fifth uh, edition 
or any power gamer 40k player and just like have a, a, s- a circle <laughs> <laughs> the the classic maypole formation <laughs> but uh okay so we still we still don't know what happened who who won this game what happened in the end I, what did I, I have? What did game. I have left? What did I have left at the end? <laughs> I uh, think I only had like the aircraft left. Yeah. So the way we deployed, uh, I deployed my terminators and land raiders and super heavy formation in the middle, just to to tackle Brendan while my predators and infantry went off on the flanks to try and capture objectives, and. Uh, Brennan did attack with his knights in the middle, and they just got stuck. So the plan kind of worked, and then I steadily secured the objectives throughout the game. While the Limorazes were, they were having a a good fight with my predators and my infantry, and then uh, Brennan's flyers came in and just started annihilating shit left, right, and center. Just took out like an entire predator squadron in one turn, and infantry. And then flew around to do some damage to the super heavies. Uh, ended up killing two of them, which is one of them left with one hole point. And uh, tried to clear up my Medusan worlds, but I used like a, the best card ever. <laughs> they just dove into stacked, that building. You stacked up your rules real good. <laughs> they just dove into a building. It took like. I don't know how many, like, they, I think they had four large blasts or something on them. Yeah. Uh, and then I used this card, like, a double the result on each die roll for the save. And they had, like, a, a six-plus save. And they always used small dice, like D6 dice, because they're breachers. Hmm. So, almost impossible to fail. I just had to roll <laughs> three or more. Yeah. Uh, the Oh, I, one thing I think, as we... When we were finished, we were like, the, was, was it actually necessary that my flyers be in reserve, right? Because we were, I just put them in reserve because I was like, oh, well, they're flyers, right? So they have uh-huh. to start in reserve. But actually, yeah. that doesn't seem to be the case. So <laughs> they could have just deployed and they would have been in the fight then for from turn one. So it is yeah. still obviously disadvantageous to not have your shit on the table at the start of the game. Yeah, paradigm shift. Yeah, the yeah so that's table. another thing that's worth considering. Yeah, I think your flyers are really good. They have a lot of guns. Use guns everywhere. Yeah, well, the the vendettas right were are tank hunters, and they're almost. You had so many heavy tanks that they definitely were worth while having. Um, the 40k lightning is not really as not as powerful, say, as a Primaris lightning in 30k might be. So I don't really think the lightning did anything. To be honest, it might have like put a clipped a couple of predators or something, but it wasn't really a a, a destroyer like the fucking vulture was with its punishing yeah. hands. God damn! <laughs> Another thing though is like just in terms of practicality. Actually, the four flyers all together in one detachment was really hard to move around because oh. although they can they can just move wherever they want basically they they have a minimum move, but they've no um like turning uh, angles and stuff like they do in 
thirty uh, k, and they they but they still have to be within that command range, right, of the squadron commander. So you're trying to move these four giant models on flight stands around the table while keeping them all within a certain distance of one of them and moving a minimum distance and not being on top of other shit, which is just really awkward. Yeah. Yeah, they're hard to move. Like, it, it, once you get over to my side of the table, and it's just really crowded with tanks and yeah. knights everywhere, and then you have these huge flyers coming. Uh, another thing with the system, like um, the line of sight, it's like in 40k. You just need to see mm-hmm. uh, any point of the animal model with your model, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I think works pretty well in this game. Uh, especially with the flyers. You kind of flew over stuff, and then you could shoot the things that you flew over. Yeah. Made sense. Like, you don't have to just pivot everything so that they're looking at the thing. I think, like, I I still, like, pivoted my tanks towards where they were shooting. It just made sense. Maybe you should, like, throw in, like, a house rule, like a Flames of War house rule, that if you're behind the front of the enemy tanks, you get, like, plus one to damage or something. Uh, yeah, there's a couple of little things like that, right, where... Say flyers as well was another thing that we talked about quite a bit after the game. Where actually, like I think it's just minus one to hit them, right? And that's it. There's no. It's not like you have to roll sixes. You oh, just. That's nice. uh, it's just that they're in cover all the time, basically. Like, well, they're definitely going to get shot down there because <laughs> yeah. it's like fucking predator spawns and las cannons are easily going to destroy them. Yeah. But it, it seems like they've weirdly made a lot of the flyers quite a lot more durable than you might think they would be in terms of their own like number of hull points and saves and stuff. Um, maybe to kind of compensate a little bit for that, but it probably would be good if it was. I think it's like there's there's a one of the special rules that they have is supersonic. If they're like a true flyer, um, maybe I don't know, make it harder to hit the things that are like true flyers, but easy or minus one to hit the things that are just a skimmer say and kind of are normal terminology yeah yeah it was a bit weird like they had i think the vendettas had like three hull points while a predator has two and it just fucks with your brain a bit but it makes sense in the end that yeah. you have to shoot more at them mm-hmm. uh, and it did feel better to be able to hit a flyer though like when you roll dicey and something that it's not just sixes to it, because that is the worst. Yeah, it, I agree. I do think, though, that there, it is also good when there are specific things that are anti-air units, and then they have a purpose, right? And their purpose is that they are the, the one or two things in your army that's really able to, mm. to tackle aircraft. So, mm. like... You could have a the Derrideo say or um, Contemptor Mortis be you know fulfill that role for the Legion list. Um, the the Sicaron is anti-air in this game. Well, oh, yeah. I'm really excited about <laughs> it. Is in this game <laughs> just the amount of shots or what? Well, it has this like fast tracking auguries or whatever. It's mm. Supposed to shoot skimmers at least. Oh yeah, that's true. Oh. Yeah, the yeah, the, a lot of the 40k anti-air units don't re- exist really in 30k, right? There's no Hydra, there's no 
whatever the fucking space frame was called. I kind of the <laughs> the stalker, stalker or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Well, I guess the Sakaran Arcus, right, is a is an AA tank in in 30k. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't I don't know. I think in those big games, it wouldn't be the end of the world if it was if we still if if true flyers were were still hard to hit, but like the skimmers and stuff were were not. So I mean, yeah, it seems it seems like you're both uh, very happy about it. So I guess the the biggest uh, the biggest thing that we need now is a uh, is rules for Mechanicum then for us. <laughs> for yeah, that's minute, right? the yeah. I looked at the um, <laughs> Adeptus Mechanicus rules for 40k because I was yeah. I my first thought when we were decided to play the game was oh well I'll just use the Adeptus Mechanicus rules but mm-hmm. uh, I think there'd be too much. Too much uh, manipulation required, or like too much counting shit as other shit. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, like, at least the, uh, the, I don't the know. There's still like Forge World. Yeah, exactly. Right. We needed to learn how the core mecha- game mechanics work first. But like Forge World still haven't released the Mechanicum any of those 30k Mechanicum units for like 40k because that Imperial Armor book just never materialized. Oh, so yeah. I don't know what the who knows how long it might be before they get official rules. Mm. So, I don't know. Might be something to uh, add to the fan-made Legions of Sardes rules, right? I just think yes, it, was I think. E- it was easier to do the Sardes ones because there already were rules for all those forgeable vehicles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and all the the entire armory, pretty much. Yeah, mm. right. It's just the, uh, the Valkyrie weapons that aren't in 40k, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Are they were there rules for contented dreadnought? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. there are. Yeah. Hmm? So it's basically for the legion lists. It's only, uh, yeah, special like legion specific units that that yeah. would need rules and primarchs and stuff. I don't know if you want to include it at all in these games or not, but. Uh, uh, I guess a lot of them could be just like it's a tactical squad. Or a Terminator squad with this little extra rule, you could just maybe. Yeah, yeah. I think it would be it'd be very easy to right just have the stat line is essentially the same for mm. all of the Stardust stuff, and then mm. just give like a little something to like Immortals or Gorgons or whatever to just mm. make them be worth not just being a like a breacher squad, right? Why? Yeah. Why bother? Why not just have them be breacher squads? But yeah, well, in one way, I guess it is sort of now. It's such a it's you scale scale out, or what do you say? You you zoom out on the conflict, and you see this huge battlefield where it doesn't really matter. Yeah, if you're an Medusa immortal or just a breacher, because on this scale, you're still just a tiny little guy with a shield. Uh, so yeah, yeah, I could see that happening. Like you could you could take your you know if you have fire drake terminators, take them, but you know they'll be terminators. Uh, yeah, yeah it's the same for um, a lot of the units have like a an equivalent, right? You're just mm-hmm. a guy on a jet bike, or you're just yeah. a fucking assault marine with a jump pack. Yeah, yeah, um, because you want to keep it simple, I guess. That's the the whole yeah the the beauty of this apocalypse is that you, you yeah you scale down some of the rules, or you there you, there weren't any there weren't any legions of Sardis traits either, were there? Like you were not any different than an ultramarine. No, I think this guy that wrote the rules uh, is working on it. And it's written down some rules for some of them, some ideas. 
And I think the next time we're playing, we're gonna ditch the and they shall know no fear, and we'll just give Iron Hands, Iron Hands rules pretty much. So you're minus one to yeah. damage infantry. Huh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and also, we're the 30k community. We're adaptable. We make our own shit up. Hmm. Uh, a thing also with this game that um, I remember when I uh, asked like people how the new 40k was, and they were like, "Well, it's fast." And I asked them, "Is it a good game?" <laughs> that doesn't tell me anything. Well. I, <laughs> Managed to play a game like within an hour. Like, well, still, that's not an explanation. Like, how, how was the game? <laughs> it's like me telling, like, well, how was how was sex? It was fast. <laughs> I managed to we managed to simplify it and make it yeah. faster. <laughs> yes, very efficient transfer yeah. of sperm. So, <laughs> this game is awesome, and also it is fast. Like, <laughs> we managed to play this game. And the same time that we would have played like a two thousand point game of thirty k, I would mm-hmm. say. Uh, so that was really good. Like I think with approximately, yeah. approximately like four or five thousand points, or was it more? Would you say like probably like five thousand points? I think it's like yeah. a multi- multiply it by about twenty, right? It was uh-huh. like. But I think this game will scale very well, right? So it could be twice as many points, but it wouldn't take twice as long to play. Yeah. Because also, just like regular uh, Apocalypse games in, in 30k, mm. uh, they, they always just peter out, kind of. Like, you, you have this really cool setup, mm. and then you roll who gets to fuck over the other person. <laughs> uh, and then you have, like, Two or three turns, or like even like just one or two turns, where you just destroy everything, and then it usually ends with just like one side saying, "Oh yeah, I think you won," and then you slowly start taking models off. <laughs> it feels like they apocalypse games never finished, and if they did, it was never really satisfying at that. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, you ended up having to have tons of. Um ways that shit could come back from the dead basically because otherwise the game just would be no fun for whoever got shot off the table first <laughs> yeah oh yeah and also titans i think titans would be awesome in this like oh you yeah. don't have any, any titans but i think that would be That's, great yeah that is a good thought i wonder we haven't even really looked at it what are the rules for a even a warhound so a warhound what are the rules? A Warhound <laughs> is 60 points, so two fell blades worth of Titan here. 20 can, infantry can, squads. Yeah, yeah. It can move <laughs> 24 inches. Damn. Jesus Christ. Uh, hits on uh, 5 plus in close combat and a 2 plus with shooting. 4 attacks in close combat. Uh, 12 wounds. Save 12 whole points. Jeez. That's not bad when you consider that the Lehman Russ only has two. What's the save? And five, the, the, five up. Mm. So okay. they're they can take a lot of damage, but they they will ignore less of it than your Glaive does. And the uh, what does the Titan Plasma Blast Gun do? Seventy-two inch range, four shots. 
Uh, four up against infantry and a four up against tanks, and you can supercharge it. Is it a destroyer? Mm. It is not destroyer. The only thing mm. that's destroyer is the turbo laser, which is 96 inch range, two attacks, and then four up and three up. Three up against mm. tanks and being destroyer is pretty good, though. So they so, still have the destroyer rule? or uh, yeah, destroyer so is... It's different, though, yeah. So destroyers, uh, for each damage you put, just a large blast instantly. So it's like, oh, okay, it's like double damage, pretty much. Yeah, double damage. <laughs> Void shields are interesting. They just at the start of the damage phase, you just remove a blast marker. Oh, that's cool. So they just always ignore one, but it has to be a small one if there is a small one. Uh, and they can reroll morale tests. We didn't actually talk about morale either, but morale is super fucking punishing as well because it represents mm, like individual people basically leaving the squad or things within the vehicle getting worse because they have taken damage. So at the during the damage phase, you take your damage and then also you resolve morale. And like the Lehman Rust tank has to resolve a morale test if it's taken damage. And it might be that, oh, well, because of whatever, like a fire on board or something, um, the crew have to bail out and the tank's effectively destroyed. Oh, oh shit. Yeah, and it depends on how many blast markers you, you got on the squad as well, or the unit. So you have a morale value and... Uh, um, so Marines have like six, and you just ro- roll it on a d6, and you gotta get the same or below. But then you also add <clears throat> any blast markers to the result. So you've got three blast markers, no matter the size. You add three to the roll, huh. and if you roll above, you take one wound or hit points. Sure. Yeah, cool. yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Now I'm just browsing through the Titan rules. <laughs> the the uh, temptation to fucking <laughs> finally buy a Titan. Oh, what the fuck is the apocalyptic destroyer rule? Um, Holy shit. So if like a wound four roll for an attack made with a weapon with disability is successful. Yeah, place four blast markers. Jesus. <laughs> okay, well, that's pretty good. Yeah, you get to like Reaver Volcano Cannon, Reaver Chain Fist, Reaver Power Fist. You're getting into the insane weapons. <laughs> we I won't even get, bother uh, looking at the yeah, Warlord. You gotta get the uh, the Vortex missile for your guard. <laughs> yeah, well, this is the yeah, it's just a card, right? But I need one of those Death Strike missile launchers for it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really like artillery in this game as well. You can mm-hmm. yeah. shoot away, you don't need a line of sight. And then you just shoot. It's awesome. I'd like to see some some basilisk. Oh, there's yeah, no that's... scatter dice, I guess, or you always have it. A... Right, it's three plus to hit or something. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, we didn't have any artillery. I don't think in our game that would be because again, if you play on a big table, right, you could actually have a little um, little artillery section or a whole bunch of guys with mortars, even, and it would actually it would be good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
you need to have the the distance so that they actually can outshoot other things. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. But and equally right for them to be for other things to be able to maneuver without being under constant artillery fire mm -hmm. for yeah. from like Medusa's say. Mm. But yeah, Titans for sure would be totally different in that environment. Again, I think you still need a big table, right? Because otherwise, a big table with some line of sight blocking stuff, because otherwise you're still going to have the situation where the Warhound just stands still in its deployment zone and never moves and just shoots until it blows up. Yeah. Yeah, the guys in uh, Borås made the groundwork. They already built like Titan blocking houses. Wow, <laughs> that'd be awesome. And also, like, I was thinking about those houses they built, and now you can occupy them with infantry as well. It's super awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm super keen on playing more of this. It's just also so good that I can break out my my suitcase full of tanks and just use them all in again. <laughs> Finally, you waited so long. <laughs> and just show up at people's house with your suitcase full of tanks. <laughs> Would you like to play a game? <laughs> well, well yeah, it, it, our next, seems... next thing we should try to do is we should try to play like a big a doubles game, say, mm. where we yeah. do like same amount of points roughly per person, or maybe slightly fewer points per person, but play it on the same size table and just see how that goes. So we can basically force Jason and Johnny to learn the rules for the game. <laughs> And yeah. then after that, we should try to do something at Dark Sphere where we get a whole bunch of people. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, well, it sounds mm. like uh, there's, yeah, you, you don't have anything bad to say about it. So, I mean, <laughs> it's great news. Yeah, I, I don't think there was anything that we came away thinking like, uh, you know, that was a real fucking, that was really stupid or that would really prevent me from having a good time playing this. <laughs> The, the stuff around the characters doesn't seem to really make any sense. So I don't know. We, we might That might be something to explore, like a, a 30k house rule on. Mm -hmm. um, and then just a couple of other little, little bits and pieces, like the way flyers are shot and stuff like that. But like I said, I think they've compensated for that by making them more durable. So yeah. we probably just need to... For a lot of the stuff, just accept it and and like embrace the fact that it kind of in the grand, in at this scale with this level of abstraction, it actually kind of averages out anyway. Yeah. Gameplay play wise, also uh, I was thinking of uh, just how much it matters which uh, detachment you activate first and stuff like that. How much does it really matter since everyone gets to fire anyway and you resolve damage later? Uh, but that's I think like. A thing that you'll just notice and get a hang of after a couple of games. Hmm. Yeah, as as we were playing, we were like at some. There were some times when we were like, I'm not sure it makes any difference which order I actually do stuff in. But um, as we kind of thought about it after the fact, there are the situations where it'd be more favorable for you to move out of the way so that the other person say cannot shoot you or whatever right and then mm -hmm. it's more important that you get out of dodge than it is that you be able to shoot them or whatever okay, uh, okay. plus the way assaulting works right so it might be advantageous to lure them in so that they move closer to you so that one of your detachments further down the line is going to make that that charge mm. yeah 
Yeah, like uh, I, I countercharged your uh, or your knights the the first turn. Like you charged my land raiders, and then I backed them away, and then got out of the terminators. That was stuff like that. Yeah, Mo- mostly like who will be able to charge what because yeah, yeah, yeah. you got to let your enemy move somewhere before you can do it. Stuff like that. And I was thinking yeah. of, of shooting. Like if you can shoot before you move, but I still don't know. I haven't need to up. look that up. Yeah, need to look that up. The um, yeah, the other side of that then is is it advantageous to have more detachments just so that you basically have like dummy detachments that you move to force the other person to u- utilize their activations oh, before your actually good shit moves? Or, hmm. you know, is it better to have really durable, larger detachments because you don't want to give up any of the, the kill points? Mm-hmm. So there's like there's some subtlety to it. I do think that it isn't really a game of like subtle tactics, though. <laughs> it is like giant apocalyptic scale battles. So yeah. I'd probably be better off to just make the armies that are cool and then just play the game and trust that there is this great like rule set that will allow you to th- experience the battle in the way that it's you think it would happen in your mind hmm, unlike yeah. 30k where unfortunately it's just the reality when you get up to like fucking four or five thousand points what's in your army list oh wait it doesn't matter because basically whoever goes first is gonna destroy like 50 percent of the other person's shit yeah. And then we'll just wrap it up, I guess. <laughs> they really like they I mean they they both have activations and you take all the damage in the end. <laughs> so I mean they like two two things that counter that in one. Yeah. So, the the only thing I'm like I, I don't see a lot of people talking about this, right? I don't see a huge number of people picking it up and praising it and, and playing the game so i don't know if it's just because it is a totally different rule set like it hasn't really had that big of a like that popular a reception i do the guy in uh the guy in our local games workshop store like i when i went to buy it i was like oh, are, are many people playing apocalypse and he's like you are the first person to have asked me about apocalypse never mind oh. purchased it so i'm like oh, oh really excellent Huh. But I, I actually yeah. think that a lot of people just don't know about it. In, in, in like the, you, I feel like I saw the news and then it was like, ah, oh, something for 8th edition. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like, I think, I think you're right. Like, like I, I saw, and, you know, you just see people posting pictures of like huge mega armies. They're about to play giant mega games. I'm like, mm-hmm. this obviously looks amazing and your armies are fucking mm-hmm. sick, but have mm-hmm. you considered playing Apocalypse? And they're like, oh, well. You know, we, we, we've looked at the old Apocalypse rules, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, no, but now it's a different game that you could use your models to play. Yeah. But I just I don't, don't think people are, are really investigating it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I, I stumbled across it and, like, noticed that, oh, it's another game. Like, even though I saw the announcement, yeah. like, several times, like, oh, fucking 8th edition Apocalypse is going to be the same game. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah i was in the same boat though i was just like nah fucking don't care about eighth edition at all and then you were like no brandon seriously we can play it's a different game i'm like are you sure nicholas is it really and then i was like oh maybe it is so i just went and bought this box and in this box you get everything you need and i was like oh well i guess it is a different game then yeah yeah i think yeah, yeah. maybe if if you keep spreading the good word 
I think, yeah, yeah. and if we start playing it at events and stuff, maybe it will catch on. <laughs> Definitely in fucking Sweden, where there's mm-hmm. space and shit. And like when we <laughs> interviewed people and saw what was going on, everyone was like, oh, yeah, I just finished my 8,000 points of uh, Imperial Fists. Fucking <laughs> Oliver, get on this. And also, like the people in Northern Sweden as well, like, yeah, it's finished. Like 10,000 of this army, now I'm doing 12,000 <laughs> points of that army. Everyone is just making insanely big armies that yeah. <laughs> will never be played together on the battlefield. No. And everyone's still it, just it, playing uh, like a uh, centurion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. It just plays Zomortalis and centurion. <laughs> and just, you're picking 1,000 points from your 12,000 points. That's, yeah. just, that's kind of where I find myself now, right? But yeah. it, it also gets you thinking, though, about other combinations of units that you would be interested in putting together right where you're like oh, i never really considered uh that it would be worth having like four terminator squads in four land raiders but actually in this context it's super like that would be an, an amazing detachment to, to have yeah. at your disposal yeah and artillery and yeah. the, just fucking everything just seas of marines would be awesome like really cheap oh. and just advance across the table and it would yeah, well, like, well. do do uh do two detachments each of five twenty man tactical squads. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> It'd be insane. We're going to so garrison cool. them in this building. <laughs> yeah, that's why we need to get Johnny to play. He'd play against the fucking assault century of a hundred assault marines deep striking down. Like, <laughs> good luck with that. Yeah, all all of you guys have endless amounts of models that I don't really see being played like you have like three cabinets glass cabinets <laughs> full of that i have never seen on the table okay yeah, i see like, like, like i see your, your, your were... go-to detachment that you use like the mechanic and stuff but then like th- that big tank that you built do you ever use that i did i did use it one time turns out it's really good <laughs> But, well, but this is kind of this is kind of what I'm what I mean though, right? Is like yeah. looking at how this plays. I immediately was like, oh, well, I only have two Krios tanks, right? Which two Krios Venators is more than enough for a normal game of 30k. <laughs> but actually, in in Apocalypse, well, should I have a full squadron of three and then maybe a couple of normal Krios battle tanks to support? Them? <laughs> Mm. it's just a totally different game right it it all these things yeah. make make sense right yeah that's another reason why like forge world should get on this quick and like put it in the next book yeah hype it up like oh because they would sell so much stuff yeah, yeah. bring bring back the uh fucking macro card explorator and i'll buy another yeah. two so i can have like <laughs> imagine three of those filled with myrmidons in, in oh Apocalypse. yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, I was thinking about like my Malkadors as well because like the magic number is three mm. and I only have two. Like, mm. right? Mm. How should I use these guys as well? We can't have them in our own detachment. And it really gets you thinking of just like awesome units working together. Like, should I have like a, an infantry detachment like with uh, some infantry tanks like the Malkador, like those old like mm. uh, British Matilda tanks? They're just mm. slowly moving along the infantry, supporting them. And uh, what should I do with my Sikaren? Should I get some more Sikarens and make like a detachment of them? Or should I try and stick it somewhere else? You're, you're, like you instantly just think of these cool units you could put together. Yeah, one of one of the big things is that it, like I've been really down on vehicles for, for ages because when you play big games, 
like there's just it's just so easy to destroy vehicles at this point <laughs> that like what's the point in investing a whole bunch of time and effort and points into like some like vehicles which the models are fantastic right and they might even be really good in terms of their own damage output but actually like they're just going to be destroyed anyway on the first turn of the game so why why bother i'll take like take another uh three fucking castle x or something instead right <laughs> yeah but the in apocalypse vehicles are back basically right they're they're the whole game is about massive blocks of infantry and tons of vehicles yeah, I loved using my predators in this game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. And they were like, by no means were they overpowered or annoying to play with or against, right? Yeah, and they were fast. I loved like using <laughs> moving them around fast and still being able to shoot their guns. Okay, guys, I think you've praised it long enough. We understand that. <laughs> I think we gotta gotta wrap this up. Uh, any any closing? Uh, <laughs> closing no, I praises? would. I would suggest that people pick up the rules somehow, however they like to get their hands on uh, digital documents that they can then read. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they are interested in playing. Just buy that box because you get like all the tokens and shit that you need. And it would be a big pain in the ass to play this game without all those tokens, I think. Mm-hmm. I know that you can go to uh, Mini Wargaming, have some uh, battle reports on YouTube where they tried out this with for 40k, of course, but you still, I think it was really good to see how it works. Yeah, uh, I think that's like one thing I would definitely. I would not even say that this is 40k because people are just going to say, oh, I don't want to fucking play 40k. I don't want to play 30k. It's yeah. just a different game, right? It's just a yeah. totally yeah. different rule set that you may mm. apply to any setting that you wish. Mm. But uh, yeah. uh, Nicholas Games Workshop also have a How to Play Apocalypse uh, <laughs> Jesus. You you are a particularly <laughs> big fan of. Uh, it's just insane. Like, I, I don't get it. They have like this uh, Tatooine... Uh, uh, music in the background, like those those guys playing the. Yes, I think I think that we should leave that as being everyone's homework for for tonight. Is yeah. to go and watch the Games Workshop has to play Apocalypse video. <laughs> I don't think I will. Will I be able to sleep afterwards? That's it? <laughs> <laughs> great. It's a great lab. And uh, I mean, yeah. So, and your guy, we will um, be very interested to hear if you guys play any more games and see see as you learn more how it works and stuff. And of course, we have coming up in Sweden in November. We're going to BSK, and the plan is that Nicholas will host uh, Apocalypse Thirty K there uh, on a table um, or a number of tables. We I don't know. Depends on how many people want to try it out. But I hope I hope people dare to try it out. I mean, uh, would be really cool. Yeah, they just booked my tickets, uh, booked, uh, checked in like luggage, my, my suitcase mm-hmm. full of tanks. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, uh, I think that wraps up the episode. Thank you so much, Brendan, for coming on. Uh, we, we have talked about that we need to invite you somehow uh, and have our own uh, demystifying the mechanicum, but in, in some other way so we don't <laughs> rip off the eye of Horus. But uh, um we definitely, I mean, it is definitely unknown ground for us. And Nicholas has started getting some units from Mechanicum. 
and uh, yeah, it's something we could think about in the, in the future. Yeah, um, awesome, awesome. Yeah. Nicholas lives so close that we could probably just string a line between my house <laughs> and his and communicate via <laughs> tin cans. Oh yeah. Hey Nicholas, I just had an idea about uh, <laughs> apocalypse. What if we do this? Yeah, it's, but you got to uh, be careful though. It's easy for uh, the government to tap those wires. <laughs> we should send a raven. <laughs> yes. Uh, Nicholas, anything else you want to add? Uh, no. All right. I just want to say, like, yeah, me and Brennan live so close in London terms that, like, mm-hmm. if you would normalize the distance to where I used to live in Sweden in that town, like, if mm-hmm. scale down London, then he would be standing right next to me, pretty much. Oh. <laughs> it's only <laughs> two million people between you. <laughs> so close. <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna uh, drag my suitcase over to you and play some more podcasts. <laughs> yeah, we better do it before the fucking weather gets super shitty as well. There is no way other than walking to get between our houses. Okay. Just uh, bring the old umbrella, eh? <laughs> What's the slang for umbrella? Well, I presume all of your models have uh, been lacquered with Halford's oh. car lacquer, so they'll be protected from <laughs> rain. <laughs> Yeah. And well, there you have it, kids. Remember, Fulgrim gives head, Fulgrim takes head. Don't lose your head. <laughs>